when, when I found out that the human brain has 100 billion neurons and each neuron has 10,000 connections, when I found out that the number is exponentially greater than all of the stars in the universe, that each human brain has the potential to create infinite possibilities. Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Knock him out the box. I really want to tell your I want you to tell your story, and I want to facilitate that. Okay. And I don't know if it's something you've ever done before on a podcast, like literally talk about yourself as a person, how you developed, how you got to be who you are, like what made you Dr. Chill, who, by the way, I see you as, you know, a medical doctor and a spiritual doctor and you're like this spiritual sage cool like mystical dude that's like a legend in the music and art game right mm -hmm. but not somebody i think outside of maybe that circle necessarily knows yet but at a at a young 77 about to jump right right on the like explode onto right. the scene because it's like you've already you've had that foundation throughout your life you have like right. super successful you know offspring yes like you've created i want to know how you created very, successful very offspring right like how yeah. what did you do to allow them to be the artists they are mm -hmm. and to express themselves freely the way they can mm -hmm. and be themselves because i mm -hmm. see like they're pretty mm -hmm. like expressive and open i like that's something that isn't really happening enough so i want to hear all that okay but like tell us maybe we got this music playing okay in the so this song about playing the right now is a song i wrote it's called twin flame and for those of you who don't know a twin flame is at the exaltation of uh people talk about the soulmates the twin flame is the person that you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life uh, generally you know speaking it's the greatest lover that you've ever had or that you're ever going to have you only get one. And uh, I actually met someone in a restaurant the day after Janae's uh, album release party of Chilombo in 2020. So as she's leaving, we're eating breakfast and her eyes locked. And she said, I was just looking at you. I didn't know who you were. And I was just on IG. So, you know, we exchanged looks and I finally, you know, uh, uh, we finally met outside of that particular situation. So she just inspired me to write the song, you know, called Twin Flame. And, uh, you know, that's the result. Uh, and uh, so and you've got you know, new music <clears throat> coming out with rhythm soon, right? Yes. Uh, so tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, all during the pandemic, uh, I've been putting music out, singles, uh, books, and so on and so forth. And then I started to hear the dry spell because I was, you know, music is an art, but it's also a business. And the art always does well. The business doesn't necessarily always do well. So I sort of took a break. And uh, I decided that I wanted to work with an amazing producer. I didn't know who or where the person would come from. I sort of sat, sat back in the cut. And uh, I met Rhythm. And, you know, he said he did music. You know, I said, okay, well, I'll try you out and let's, you know, see what happens. And it turns out that we're like a perfect match, working together, you know, same vibration. So we decided that we would do an EP and I would call it 
chilling with rhythm. And I've decided on six songs. In two weeks, we wrote six songs. And now we're in the process of just mixing, mastering, and setting up treatments for the various videos that we're going to do. We're going to do, you know, six different videos. Three of the songs are what we call spoken word, and three are I'm actually, you know, singing. And uh, when my daughters have heard it, they go like, Daddy, I didn't know you could sing like that. I said, I've been singing all, all my life. I've been sing singing since I was they 11. Didn't, they didn't know you had it in you. Well, no. You never focused on your art? Well, like singing? They actually knew, but, you know, like I put a song out. I wrote a song called I Wish I Love Could Have Lasted Forever. I wrote it 35 years ago. I just put that out in 2018, and it sounded the same. 35 years ago, you put out the song, and then you re released it in 18. Well, I wrote it 35 years ago. I never actually put it out for the public. Yeah. And I can still have the same notes now as I did then. Most singers can't do that. Your voice changes a whole lot over 35 years. But I was blessed, and then we shot the video. And it was really, to me, it was a combination because uh, I wrote it the year my son Miyagi was born, 1986. He has since passed, so I had to get it out because, you know, it was like, it, it was like sort of in, in a way, it reminds me a lot of him in terms of, you know, the dates of the song. And I had to put that out for, if nothing else, for my, uh, you know, for my legacy and for his remembrance, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I just... So, wait, this is I've your, always been... I've always loved music. Wait, what, what is this? Your first son? Yeah, no, no. He was my uh, third son, Miyagi. Yeah. He was born in 1986. I have an older son yeah. who turns 50 this year. My second son is turning 36 this year. And Miyagi would have been... No, my second son is turning turn, turn 37. Miyagi would have been 35, you know. And he was <clears throat> probably my most talented child. How old was he when he, he passed? Yes, he, he passed from brain cancer in 19, uh, I'm sorry, in 2012, you know. He passed he uh, 12 days after his, uh, after his birthday, after his 26th birthday. So he was like birthday. 32. He was like, what, 32? No, no, he passed at 26. 26, yeah. wow. And it was, uh, I'll tell you, it was, it was real hard, you know. Because he had, uh, he, he battled cancer for two years and watched him go down very slowly. Right. You know, and he was, he had enrolled in, in school to make films, you know, and then he got the diagnosis and kind of crushed his dream, you know. And he, he would have been a great filmmaker. He would have been a great, uh, uh, you know, podcaster, you know, any, anything to do with media uh, or games, you know. He, he was just, he was super talented, you know. And then he got snatched from us, you know. Yeah. But, you know, we still communicate on a spiritual level. Um, right. You know, I always tell people, when you constantly think of somebody that's their spirit telling you I'm still here because I'm a firm believer that when the body dies, the consciousness goes on and the consciousness is in the ether and the ether is everywhere. I think that is extremely possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it was so many unexplained things, man. So much of what happens in this world is just moving balls of energy, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We don't really know what, what goes on. What well, happens. I feel like, all, all, all is energy. And, yeah. uh, you know, Einstein said music is everything. I say music is everything. Energy is everything. Um, you know, it's, it's in the spheres. As a matter of fact, they have found, NASA has done some deep, deep probes, deep probe into space. They've heard the sounds that John Coltrane and Charlie Parker were putting out years ago. They're picking up those signals now. Years ago. Uh, 
music is in the celestial spheres. It just is, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess like I would love to get to know you better. Yes, sir. Right? Personally. Okay. Because I really like understanding people and how, what their story is, what they've gone through, what were their defining moments. And really like, because I think we're all trying to find ourselves. Mm -hmm. Even when we find ourselves, we're evolving with ourselves. Exactly. Because we're always changing anyway. Exactly. So you're always looking like, okay, what's next? What's the next challenge? What do I need to learn? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, right? How do I express myself? So like, how did, you know, what's your story? Like, where did, where did it all start? How did you become who you are today? Which people that see you now, they see sort of an iconic mysterious person a little bit right because they don't know all the volumes of books you've been through in your like your life your mm -hmm. life has been probably like right dozens of volumes of like books you can write just about that right so like how did you get here how did you become this identity man this spiritual person you know you were a doctor like i mean you practiced and right you know, you're the spiritual guide for a lot of like artists and musicians and, you know, for everybody really. And a, and a positive force. When I was born in Ohio, 1944, during a blizzard, I always remind said, you were born nice. during a blizzard. And, you know, blizzards are very harsh, you know, conditions. So I came into life in a harsh way, you know. Right. And uh, in, a, in a chilly world. In a very chilly world. <laughs> I was the... I was the third child of my mom. I had an older brother and an older sister. And I came to the world in 1944, you know, during the blizzard. I was a big baby. I was almost nine pounds and I was 24 Damn. inches. 24 inches. To give you a perspective on that, 24 inches, 1944, would be like 28 inches a day. Wow. Almost nine pounds then would be like 15 pounds a day. So I was a big baby. I still have... My two-week-old shoes that my mother saved, my foot was big. My, my foot you was had a lot. Big. You had I, a lot to give. I, 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 I was <laughs> given, you know, I, I was given a lot. Exploded onto the world. Birth. So I was born in a town called Lincoln Heights, Ohio. Okay. Lincoln Heights was a town that was built for the families of black servicemen. You remember we're talking the 40s and 50s, a lot of segregation, okay? You know, you can fight for us, but you got to be separated and segregated, right. okay? So I knew nothing about race. At all. I mean, everybody, it was, the town was 99.9% .9 black. And then there was a family that was mixed with black and white. Then there was our family. Nobody knew who we were. We didn't know who we were. Then there was a family that was uh, black and Mexican. And we, those three families, we, we were the eyeballs. But, you know, we all loved each other and people took care of each other. And if you got in trouble, everybody spanked your butt. And when you got home, you got another spanking. Everybody looked out for everybody, you know. Uh, it was really a wee thing. Very much a we thing, you know, back during the day. Then in 1954, 10 years later, we moved to uh, a, a town called uh, Cincinnati. And uh, that was the bigger town that Lincoln Heights was attached to. And that's when I first encountered, you know, the N-word. I like, that's wrong. what's the N? I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know what that was. People call me. I said, what is that? So wait, how old are you here now? 10. 10. You know, Interesting. And, uh, but same kind of, I had the same up kind of experience because mm -hmm. we immigrated here from mm -hmm. Ukraine when I was mm -hmm. four and we lived like across the street from projects and we were in townhomes and 
my I was a latchkey kid, so I just ran the neighborhood. Mm. So I didn't even know what race was. I was right. in every neighborhood at everyone's house all day long. My parents right. didn't really know where I was anyway. And until I was like 10, did I start seeing how, especially as kids got older, mm -hmm. they got more pressure from their parents right. to go, don't hang out with, you know, so-and-so or whatever. Right. But at the age of eight, when I was still living in Lincoln Heights, I started a job as a paper boy. And I earned money so I could go to school. I went to a Catholic school called, uh, bless, it was called Martin DePoris. Martin DePoris was a, a black man in Lima, Peru, who was attributed to be in two places at one time. He has since become a saint in the Catholic Church. And uh, I went to that school. And like I said, in order to pay, in order to go to school, you had to pay money. So I got a job. And I paid for my education. Uh, and ever since I was in the uh, second grade, I paid for my for, for my education. So when we moved to Cincinnati, I went to another school. Uh, it's called uh, St. Andrews. And from the from the third grade on, there uh, I graduated at the eighth grade. Again, I worked selling papers. And uh, after that, I graduated in 1958 from the eighth grade and went to, uh, no, I was no, I'm sorry, it was 1959. Then I went to a high school called Roger Bacon. Again, I worked to pay for my high school education. After I finished so, my high so school what, education. What, you worked to pay for your high school education? Paid, was it I a worked, private school? I or? worked to pay for my private school education. It was a oh, Catholic. So it was high, a private school education right, and right. you paid for it? It was a Catholic high, high school it was... Wait, how many hours a week did you work? Just curious. Well, let me say, I had average. to pay... The tuition was $50 a month. So I had to work. Now, we're talking in 1960s. Yeah, back then, uh, that's a lot of money. You know, that was a lot of money. Yeah. $50 a month. That's a lot of money. That would be more like... Right. That's like $1,000 a month. No, that'd be like five, six dollars $600 a day every month to go to school. You have to work yeah. to go to school. And uh, I worked. I worked at, I worked at a, uh, a grocery store. Cut meat. Uh, I was a box boy. I was a cashier. Whatever they need me to do, uh, clean the toilet, uh, uh, you know, mop the floors, uh, uh, stack the shelves, cut meat, be on the cash register, you know, whatever they needed me to do, I did. And uh, and and I had I, many times I had to walk to school, which is about two miles away because I didn't have enough money uh, for car fare because everything I made. Paying for my education or paying for the assistance. So, did your parents encourage you to go to the private school, or you decided, no, I need to go to this private school? My mother wanted us to go to the uh, private schools. Okay, uh, so they kind of yeah. guided you, right? Well, my mom was a single mom, and she guided me and encouraged me, but I had to do the work. I had to, right. I had to do but the she, physical like, work. I'm just curious, like, did she say, "All right, here's what's going to happen: you go into this private school, and you're going to go get a job." You're gonna earn your pay, and then we're gonna you're gonna give it to the school, or was it like how, how did that come about? No, or it you was just said, no, it was. Uh, she wanted us to go to private school, but you know she worked to take care of us, and so there was no money that she had to contribute. So if right. I wanted to continue going to a private school, I was gonna have to work. Yeah, and I had no problem. I've never had any problem working. Never had any problem learning. Did you want to go to private school? school? I like, wanted you, to learn. In the best situation, and uh, you know, having gone 
through the Catholic grade school, knowing how my friend's education was, you could tell that I had a better education. So I, I wanted to continue in that vein, you know. So did it, do you think it, that was a, an important, like, differentiator for you? Right, right, right. Uh, and plus, also, there was more discipline in the Catholic schools, you know. You, had to, you, had, you couldn't be late. You had to wear uniforms. You know, you had to uphold a certain standard of uh, grades or else, you know, if you're flunking, bye-bye. You got to go. And uh, excellent was always my thing. Excellence was always my thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and plus, I love school. A lot of kids don't love, love school coming up. I love school. I couldn't wait. I was not one of them kids who were like, I don't want to go to school today. I don't, I don't feel good. You so know, I'm tired. I, I, so I, couldn't loved, wait, I couldn't wait from, to go from to From the beginning, you loved school. I couldn't wait to go to school. Did your parents do something to make you love school, or you just always loved school? I always you know? loved school. As a matter of fact, I was ready for your mom helped you. I was ready for the kindergarten. Positive for you, or or you just. I was ready for the kindergarten at four. Okay, they held me back. You know why? Because my birthday was in December. If I was born on November the thirtieth, I would have graduated from high school like my parents did at sixteen or fifteen or fourteen. But they held me back because your age, and then I was so smart, and I was so cute. They're like, you know, I was reading at three and four. I could, I could literally. Get into an adult conversation. I could also curse you out. Because my grandmother and mother were, they cursed like sailors. I could curse you out. <laughs> I won't say my favorite curse word because people are like, oh my goodness, no, he didn't. But I knew all the curse words. Also, I knew at the age of four and five what all body parts were for, every, every function. People are like, how do you know that? I was, just, I was curious. I was smart. I would read. I would hear conversation. Yeah. I would put it together. Um, <clears throat> When I made my first communion at the uh, Catholic Church, you have to make a confession before you have your first communion. I was scared to have my confession because I ate meat on Friday. I took God's name in vain. I had very impure thoughts. I thought I was going to, seriously, I'm five years old thinking, you know, when I turn six, I'm going to have to be in the first grade because that's when you have your first communion. I'm thinking I'm going to die because I've violated all God's laws. I took his name in vain so many times. It's the same. I ate meat on Friday so many times. It was the same. I talked in church so many times. It was the same. I, I, I violated every, in my mind, I violated every commandment. I knew all the commandments, you know. I'm sure I violated them all. And I'm thinking back now, like, wow. It, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. I, I was one of those. I was, a, I was a very smart kid. And I didn't have any equals around me. Also, I was breastfed till I was four. Breastfed. So I'm, my, my mother couldn't keep babysitters because she said, son, all the teenage babysitters, he's too managed. He's too nasty. He's too vulgar. I'm not babysitting that kid. He's going to do things. No, you know, he asked me for some milk. And you know where milk <laughs> comes from, right? And he's like, are you sure you're female? I don't think you're female, you know. I was bad. I was bad. But I didn't know any better. Right. I didn't know any better. That's okay. Was, you know. So uh, do you think those, th- I mean, so do you, you don't cuss anymore? You don't use bad words anymore? Uh, I do cuss, but I don't curse. The difference is, yeah. cursing is you're putting a bad smell on somebody. Uh-huh. I don't curse, but uh, I do cuss. Yeah, right. But I cuss in a way that's kind of fun, you know. Right. And I have a little, I, you know. I believe uh, in that too, I cuss. I have a little cadence to it, you know. Sure. You know. Okay. Uh, and, I, and, I wasn't sure because you, you, funny rarely, you rarely say Right. Bad words. Right, right. Well, that's why I'm just curious. When, when I'm with my homie, homie, homies, we're doing yeah. music and, you know, we're in a private, private situation. Well, you can you know? hear, by the way. 
Like I don't judge that. And, and I, my right. kids and I have right. no filter because right. I think words are just words. Right. It's and like of course, said, I love children. what you said, cursing. Like I tell my kids, you don't have to use bad words to like be really mean to somebody. Bad words are not what's mean. It's right. how you say it. You right. Put somebody, you can make somebody feel so small without using bad words. Exactly. It's the energy behind what you say. Because you, you say something, you are, you're casting a spell. You are the smallest. You're the most insignificant. Exactly. Who cares about you? Don't need to use bad words. Exactly. So who cares exactly. about the f word, man? Just use it in a positive way. Right, right. I would just tell my kids don't cuss in front of other adults. Right. Because well, you're gonna get in trouble. Like if I if 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 it's me, it's okay. So when they were home, everyone else thought they were like angels. Exactly. All of their friends, parents would be like, "Oh, Miles is such a like nice boy. He never cusses." I'm like, mm. right. be like, good job, man. Right. Right. You know, but. Never filtered that. And then, you know, today, language is changing. So a word you would say 10 years ago, people get on you. Now it's like nobody even hears it. Uh, a perfect example is the word ain't. We couldn't say ain't. You couldn't write ain't back in the day. Now it's part of the vocabulary. Right. You know, uh, you couldn't say the B word. Now women say it all the time. Uh, you couldn't say the F word. Now people use it all the time. Right. And so... You know, it, it, it all depends on the timing. And, and also, it's, 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 it's how you say it. It's how you say it. It's the meaning you put behind it. Like, Absolutely, you can say man. hello to somebody. Intentions. And then you can say hello. Right. Wait a minute. Wow, that deflection didn't sound right. That, that infection or deflection. And the other thing I want to say, English is a very contextual language. You see, in other languages, if something goes up or down, the same word, different meanings. And only those meanings, period. In English, bad could be good, good could be bad. Right. Hello could be goodbye, goodbye could be hello. Right. It's very contextual. Right. Even the word, even saying fuck you could mean a lot of different things. It could be right. like, fuck you. Like, right, right, right. Like, it also you know, depends on what part of the country you're from, too. fuck you, right? It also depends. Literally be from one to a hundred. Also, in America, it depends on what, what, what part of the country you're from. Right. Something in Detroit would mean something totally different in L.A. Something in L.A. would be totally different in Washington Ooh. State. Something in state would be totally different in Washington, D.C. Right. So you have to understand the milieu in which you are in. You have yeah. to understand the company that you're keeping. You know, personally, I try to have the same speaking style no matter where I go. I'm around the president or I'm with you guys. A lot of people, you know, they change up. They see somebody, all of a sudden, they're on a piece of right. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be how I am all the time with everybody, you know? I may I use... that's appreciated. Uh, I might use maybe bigger words in some situations. Right. Or smaller words, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to change the flow of what I'm saying. Right. I'm not going to change the meaning of what I'm saying. Right. And a lot of people are like, all of a sudden they get around certain people and they're like, man, why are you changing? What, what, what's up with you? You know? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, it, it's like, oh, you're not good enough to be like right. we used to be? I mean, you know. Well, that's what it is. Why it's, are you changing? You know? It's insecurity. Right, right, there, right. It's, I used to do that too mm -hmm. when I was younger because I was insecure. Mm -hmm. so i would be like trying to act the way i'm supposed to act at this party mm -hmm. like if it was a form more formal event a work party exactly. as i got older i'm serious i became more and more even at those occasions like you said you adapt because you don't want to make people uncomfortable mm -hmm. so okay it's a nicer affair you dress up a little bit right but i started leaning more into who i was and actually exactly. found that people liked it better right, right right they were like oh good you're not trying to be like formal like us like just be who you are as long as you're not disrespectful and obnoxious right, right. about it right i think the inner part 
should always play the bigger part. Because right. the outer part, I mean, whether I'm in rags or riches, I'm going to give you the same message. I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to change you. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to be in the same person I am in the presence of a beggar, a thief, or someone who's a multimillionaire, you know? You know? Man, I, I'm super big on authenticity yes. right now, especially recently. Yes. And I, I want to talk about it for a minute because it's, it was a little bit of a revelation for me because, well, not a revelation, but I guess here's the thing about authenticity because people talk about it. You can't be authentic if you don't know who you are. Thank you. And I, I didn't, I, I couldn't, you can't pretend to be authentic, right? So like that long search for who you are is the first thing, man. And that's not, that's easier said than done, but but 1,000% worth the search, man. If you can do it, if you're not, enslaved literally shackled down you must search for it i think mm -hmm. i think it's worth it man like if you are not if you have arms limbs abilities a brain like search for yourself man search for yourself because once you find yourself and you can be then you can really be authentic then really like amazing things could happen right like steve jobs was being himself he was being authentic you know what I mean? Like Leonard Nimoy, like whoever. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's people that are doing their craft that are leaning into who they who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael Jordan. Like you know, it, whatever it is, if you're doing something you're passionate about, and you're really being yourself, your character, whoever that mm -hmm. is, that's when you can really like do your thing, man. Right. And I, and honestly, like when you when you have a job that you're not passionate about, it it makes it almost impossible. Right. Cause it's such a big part of like you, who you are, your contribution, whatever that is. It could be like your art form or whatever you're doing, you know, whatever you're spending your waking hours doing, you know, if you're a philosopher and a poet, then you should be doing that. Right. You should be rapping or writing. If you're a storyteller, then you should be telling your story. Right. Exactly. If at all possible, you got to fight for it though. Cause it's right. not easy. Yeah. We well, have to tell your story, not somebody else, because if you notice the people, we're very good at what they do. Uh, example, in the rap game, a lot of stuff is out now. Those guys, everybody else is writing for them. All, all they're doing is just delivering somebody else's words, and you 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 can tell. And we and when you meet the people who right. say they did what they did, you go like, oh, this is amazing. This is this is this is not what's going on, you know. And it's so sad because today, with social media going on, I remember when I first got into social media, I go like. I didn't know so-and-so had a Rolls Royce. I didn't know so-and-so lives in the mansion and said, Daddy, it's 90% hype. I didn't know. You know, because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very old school, right? You know, I wasn't raised on the internet. I wasn't raised on, you know, social media. I was raised on, you know, uh, interpersonal relationships, you know, talk on the phone, talking person, you know, you know, having fun in the areas where I wanted to have fun. I wasn't with all this, you know, stuff going on. And I said, wow. And it's sad because... People living, people today are really living a virtual reality, and that's right. really sad. Right. That's extremely sad. You know, um, you know, I, I uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, sometimes, you know, blown away by the things that I see and hear. But uh, I try to just stay focused on what it is I know. <clears throat> Any music that I write, if it's not universal, I don't put it out. I don't curse. I don't. I don't. 
desexualized men or women or the culture. I'm very much into a we thing, you know, because I, I, I feel that also <clears throat> my, my, my authenticity, I try to make it such that I remind everybody that it's a we thing. I'm really big on the we. You know, if I had, if I could change the name of America, I would call it a Wirica. If I could change the word memory, I would call it Weemery. You know, uh, no man, a woman, or child, as John Dunn would say, is an island. We're all interconnected. We need to understand that. And we need to live in our divinity and not in our humanity. Because our divinity is what we really are. Everybody has a beautiful, wonderful soul. Everybody. The worst person in the world, the, the most racist, obnoxious, idiotic person has a beautiful and wonderful soul. And we, ha we have to remember that because, you know, the wings of a butterfly affect the winds of a hurricane. The winds of a hurricane affect the wings of a butterfly. It's all interconnected. And I often tell people I'm into what I call the quantum love movement. And what that is, you don't judge the sun. You don't judge the rain. You don't judge the stars the air, the water, the land. We don't judge any of that. Why are we judging each other? We didn't make each other. We got everything for free. Why are we judging each other? Why are we letting our humanity stand in the way of our divinity? And I'm going to say that until the day that I transition. Because it's so easy, you know, trees go up, leaves go up, right? You know, sun comes down. I've never heard, I've never heard the sun go no, I'm not going to sign today. I don't feel like it. You know, I've never heard the wind go, not blowing today. Nope, 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 nope. Never heard the land say too often, I'm not going to be firm today, you know? So why do we, who taught us to be literally, in a sense, out of our hearts or out of our minds? You know, that really bothers me because I, I think a lot has to do with the programming and the uh, con contract that, some government agencies have made to, you know, uh, I remember there was a time when there was no TV. We listened to the radio. We used our imaginations. We created things. And we had fun. And it was great. And all of a sudden, TV comes around in 1950, 50, 54. Things change, you know. All, all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing these things. You think everybody lives uh, a, a Cinderella life. No, they don't. You think everything is Disneyland. No, it's not. You know, and I'm like, and, and I'm like, and I, I, I long for those days where you could be yourself, where you could go out and take walks and smell the air, you know, uh, smell a flower, you know. When, when's the last time more people went up to a flower and just smelled it? You know what they do? They'll pick it or they'll buy it. Leave that flower alone. Let it be. Leave those plants alone, you know. And, you know, w when you're eating plants, I know a lot of people are vegetarians today. Pray, pray for those plants before you take them. Because when you eat that plant, you're killing that plant. That plant is singing to you. And if you do, do eat it, take in the song it's giving you. Just don't eat it because, oh, I'm a human and I need plants. That plant has a right to live as well. So take in, take in the melody. Take in the harmonies. Take in the rhythms of the plant. Take in the rhythms of the universe. You know, take it in. Because it's beautiful. You know, it really is. And, and I, I long for that to start. Of the universe, so because it is beautiful, every everything is really beautiful, you know. And it's not how you look at it. that is the way it is. Everything is mathematically perfect. We have to understand that we are the imperfect ones. Don't put our imperfections on perfection. And I don't do that. I don't. I do not put my 
imperfections on perfection. Okay, so going back to how you got to this, like, like okay. you went to you so, went to medical okay. school. Like, go well, back. Okay, okay, so you love school. Right. So what happened with that, and how did okay so the doctor so, then become you know so a coming spiritual from Heights, doctor. You know, by the way, the Ozzy brothers came from Lincoln Heights, so I lived across. Not across the street, but across the sidewalk. Most people don't understand. Most people have no idea across the sidewalk. They have they don't they don't understand what that is. But it's a beautiful thing. You live in a community, you go across the sidewalk and somebody's there, right? So anyway, I was an altar boy, right? And I always was very reverential to everybody. Even though I did, you know, some cussing. I was very reverential. And I just wanted to uh since I was raised Catholic, I wanted to serve God, right? And uh so I wanted to become a brother. You know, up until the age of maybe, I don't know, 14 or 15. And then, you know, I learned about the opposite sex. You know, I said, oh, women are kind of cute. And I don't think I can be a brother or a priest because I know I'm a brace of vows, you know. <laughs> However, I did not become, I didn't start dating until I was 22. So I had this yearning for the spirituality, for the bigger answers, for the, you know, for the bigger meanings. And, uh, you know. So I, you, were al- you were already thinking bigger meaning from a young age yes like yes yes, thinking, yes, okay, yes, yes. I, you know I, I always tell people i became an adult at 14 when i say that i mean i was already into the into the world of politics and the, into the world of spirituality uh, i wanted to do something greater when i was 17 i decided i want to become a doctor i didn't know how i was going to do it because you know we didn't have any money and uh we were we were very poor we we, we weren't impoverished but we were very poor right and uh but i i didn't let dream go i would say somehow i'm gonna i'm gonna do that when i was in high school you know i, I won a scholarship to go to a university in medical school i was able to get you know scholarships and loans but i always was yearning for the spiritual world i was always you know i was the guy that would pierce his ear so i could hear god or almost i didn't pierce my nose but i was gonna pierce my nose to smell god right um i, I always wanted to get closer to Whatever made the universe, right? I would right. read books. The I creator, would always, whatever it is. Right. I was into crystals. I was into, you know, aromatherapy. Anything that I felt would, 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 would connect me to the source of it all. Always asking questions, you know, where do we come from? What's the meaning of this? You know, blah, 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 you know. Um, you know, and, and, and it came from a, a religious background. But uh, after I got married in the Catholic Church, um, I was eating the body of Christ, you know, the communion, and then they passed the wine back to you. You drink it, and I went to pass the wine back to other people, and it just kept passing it back. It's like nobody wanted to drink after me. I go, wait a minute. I'm in San Francisco, the most liberal city in the country, and nobody wants to drink after me? You know? I mean, I'm like, and this is the most liberal city, and all these students were all liberal, you know, the Congress was liberal, but I'm not good enough. Wait, wait, because they were white. I said, if I'm not good enough. They were white? Yes. I'm like, wow. wow. I said, I'm not good enough for them to drink behind me. And I said, okay, that's it. I, I, I quit the church. And then I looked at, I looked at Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, all, all the isms. I looked at, and I said, you know what? It's the same God. It's the same universe. Why are people out? Why, why, why are people tripping? Why, why are people killing in the name of? Of God, why are people coming in the name of love? They're supposed to be, you know, religious. Right. You know, they they don't want the Ten Commandments or all the of the laws of my art. So I said, you know what? 
forget religion. I'm gonna I'm become, I'm gonna become spiritual. I'm gonna go back to the the most ancient roots that I can think of, uh, way before there were any Western or Eastern religions, before there was any any concept of, of religion, and that was spirituality. And spirituality is this cup is alive, is spiritual. This wood is alive, spiritual. This microphone is alive and spiritual. The air around us is, is spiritual. The light is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Embrace it all, because I'm part of it all. It's all part of me. So, what does that mean? It's spiritual to you. What does that mean? It, it means everything has everything has energy and everything has a purpose. Okay, and 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 out of all the things that are around me and people, I'm the least. I consider myself the least among people, the least among things. You know, this universe soul has imbued me with the spirit of being able to just exist. You know, see, there's existence and then there's life. This is not life, but it exists. So the great existence is here before there's life. And but without this existing, I can't be. So I have to love this. I have to be part of it. You know, you know how you walk down the street? And you almost fall and you go back and kick the sidewalk. I'm like, that's dumb. The sidewalk didn't do anything to me. I did something to the sidewalk. So what's wrong with me? So you go inside and go, wait a minute. Everything that's out here allows me to be who I am. All the elements, you know, the, the, the nitrogen in the air, the oxygen, all, all, all the, the carbon atoms allows me to be me. And I have to embrace that because I'm part of all that. And all that's part of me, you know. Right. We're all one, you know. And we're all one and we all affect e each other. So, you know, you know, when I'm driving, somebody cuts me off. I don't get mad anymore because they had a bad day. I'm just right. making sure that there's going to be no accidents. I, when I'm driving, I try to stay. I don't stay close. I try to, I try to stay away from the pack because I want everybody to be cool. I want everything to be fine, you know. I, I want the spirituality of the, of the moment to be, right? Um, and... Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm real big on spirituality because materiality is everything, man. I do this like really. I have evolved into being able to do a lot of what you do. Maybe I think of some things from different angles, like meaning don't take things personally. Mm -hmm. I I read a lot of, like of self help stuff mm -hmm. and that really helped. Like a lot of what you're saying, it the logic works from a spiritual explanation, but also from like a like a logical mm -hmm. because really you know when people like it there's no you know it's also like if you think of this as even possibly a simulation mm -hmm. right you can say that well it's in the game mm -hmm. so embrace it right don't fight it right like just be the best player you could be mm -hmm. make the impact you can make you know what i mean but embrace it all it's all part of it right right the good makes the bad. The bad makes the good. Right. Without the bad, there's no good. Right. You know what I mean? Decide well, which, well, which part you want to play and well, see, embrace it all. That's kind of where I differ a little bit because tell me, good and bad are human values. I don't. I live. I agree. I, I live as divinely as I can. And my biggest problem every day is how am I going to get along with my fellow humans? Because most people put everything in their humanity. It's one percent of who you are, and if they forget to get ninety nine percent. That's like saying, I want to be in the light, but you realize 99% of the world in the universe is in the darkness. So why are you going to trip on the light? You better trip on the darkness. You, you acknowledge the light, but don't trip on it. Trip on the darkness. So I don't, I don't, so I'm telling people, 
Why are you tripping on, on humanity? You better pay attention to your, to your divinity because that is what is informing your humanity. So I get away from, you know, the value judgments, you know, good or bad, too much yeah, rain, me, too little honestly, rain, me too, too much sun, I don't believe too little in sun. Evil. You know, I, I don't like the human, you know, the human condition. I try to stay away from it as much as possible, man, really. I know I'm human and I acknowledge that. But I acknowledge more the divinity, man. That's why I keep telling people, change the narrative. Because if you're changing it, we can all be Mother Teresa. We can all have everything we want. We can all, we can all, all be the, the most uh, uh, rich people in the world. The richest person is, is on the inside, you know. Just because you don't have a bank account with a billion dollars doesn't, doesn't mean you're not a billionaire. Right. I'm a billionaire in my heart. I'm a heart for I don't. And the other thing, too, is I don't do the mind thing because as you understand, you think you're seeing colors. You don't see colors because atoms don't have colors. You don't see things this way. You see things this way. You see, the mind tricks the brain. And I understand that. As a matter of fact, as I'm looking at everybody here right now, I don't, I've never seen you as you are. You're recorded on my retina as a virtual image. You're, I know you're real, but I see you virtually. I hear you virtually. I right. smell you virtually. I taste and touch you virtually. Right. And then when I'm on the phone with you, that's another thing. And then we're going to virtual right. reality. So you, it's three or four more things. And, you know, we're getting further and further and further away from what, what, what is real. What is real is the soul power. It's the key power. It's the chi power. Everything else is an illusion, man. It's an illusion. So understand that it's an illusion. Understand your divinity. Make it better as, you, as best as you can be. And give, give, give your we power back to other people. I know people are on these, on, onto these pronouns now. When I, when I say we, I don't mean we in a gender sense. I mean we in a general sense, okay? I'm talking the gender we, not the gender we, okay? You know? Right. And I think it's very, very important because you change the narrative. You have to change the narrative. The narrative is going to make all the difference in the world. It's like I made a new word up called beautiful. People, what is that? It's the flow of beauty. You know, you change the narrative. Not something is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. And it's not that I have rose-colored glasses on. I am telling, telling people to embrace all of what you are. Not what you told you are. Not what you believe you are. But understand, understand understand, understand what you are. It's very important. Some ancient guy says, first, know thyself. And the two most important words in English language, N-O, stops everything. K-N-O-W, starts everything. So I'm a very simple person. I take very simple words and I apply them in everyday conditions and it works. I talked about the synchronicity of synergy. You saw it on Sunday, on Father's Day. You saw it last night when the guy painted me. Uh, you, you heard it when Rhythm and our music, we, we paid it for you, you know? And how did I get the synchronicity of energy? Because I listened to my heart. I listened to the heartbeat. Love, dub. Love, dub. I'm alive. You're alive. Dub, dub. I'm alive. You're alive. I'm happy. You're happy, you know? And that sense of spirituality is, you know, spirituality predated religion. There's no right or wrong on it. Right, everything flows. You know, you're just feeling. You're feeling, man. It, everything you're feeling flows. Your you gut. Know? You know, the divinity. By the way, the way I understand it, because I'm like a very, I like to be very logical in how I understand things. That's mm -hmm. why I'm very open to everything. But mm -hmm. I also know, but I question everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because yes. I know we don't really know anything. And the way I look at what you're saying, and the way it makes sense to me, is <clears throat> the humanity is like the material stuff, like our bodies and what we look like and all that. And the divinity you talk about, which I can relate to in this way, 
that it's the the energy. It's like yes, the, like meaning it's your the motion you create with your hands and the words you spit out of your and the intentions behind your thoughts. And are you gonna try to do something with a bigger purpose, or are you gonna go do something with short term gains that hurts somebody? That's the divinity. The divinity is the energy that you drive your humanity. The humanity don't mean shit. It's just the looks and the carcass and right, the right, bones. Right. This is it's the energy this you is propel the it with, the shit, the intentions you have. And like you've said before, and I love this, man, that we're made out of, you know, atoms. Mm -hmm. And atoms are like whatever, 90%. 99% empty 99 space. 99% energy. Empty space. Empty space. Empty energy. Space. You know, shit floating around, electrons right, floating right, around, right, nucleus, right, right, and right, right, so on, right? Right, right. So protons and whatnot. And those are all stuck together, made into like what looks like me moving around. But really, I'm like 99% energy and air pushing these like reflectors, molecules that are showing genes and mm -hmm. skin and shit, <laughs> right? But we're really 99% like kind of empty space right well energy right divinity right and that is the divinity you're talking right. you're not saying like you're actually you're not claiming to know what it means the divinity but there's some crazy as energy shit that's pulling us together well well and making know, us move or do you really feel do you know like what it actually is the right, answer right 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 Tell well me. right it, it i understand what you're saying yeah I, I believe in the divinity is that power source where, wherever it comes from Whatever, Whatever it, it comes is, from, right? We don't. That know. is the thing that I'm. That we're all tied into. Some of us know it, but most of us are ignorant of it because See, we've been Dr. because Joe, we because we've been taught to believe differently. We've this is why I relate to you so much because I'm really not a religious person at all. Mm -hmm. Although I'm very open to hearing religious beliefs and how people think and all of that. Right? I like. The idea of spirituality, because I don't necessarily call that what I thought it was, but it could be. Because I just think like, man, this could be anything, man. Mm -hmm. There's some crazy shit going on right here. Like, if you look at like the shit that's happening that we mm -hmm. know about, like how DNA is coded, mm -hmm. like we're we're programmed. Right. That's right. some crazy right. shit. There's right. some creation force behind this, right. I think. Right. Whatever energy source, whatever it is. Right. And so being open to it being anything, right, at all, also gives you a lot of hope because that also means we don't know that it's over when you die. You don't. You really don't because that's a false claim to say, oh, no, it's just it's over. Not. How right. do you know that? could be a dream. It could be a, uh, uh, this could be anything. This could be, a, a you know, a simulation, a video game, virtual reality. You know, Karl Marx said it best. He said, religion is the opening of, of the people. If you look at the Western society, I don't know a whole lot about the Eastern society, but the Western society, sex, drugs, money, power, you know, you know, that, you know, you, you know, most people, you go over those few things that I just said, you control them. If I had no money and nowhere to go, no food to eat, I'm going to be okay. See, that tree has a spirit. The, the air has a spirit. These lights have, everything has a spirituality. Uh, one of the first things that man deified prior to quote-unquote religions, they looked at the Big Dipper, Ursula Major. That was Mother Bear. They actually 
looked up to Mother Bear as this source of, of whatever. And last time I checked, the Big Dipper is literally millions of light years away. Millions of light years away. And this whole idea of religion, if you ask me, my theory is some alien beings came down here and said, we're going to make a slave race called the human race. And we're going to get them to do our bidding because our people don't want to do it anymore. Okay. And that's when they came with the idea of, you know, we'll show you how to build things. Do you realize there are no straight lines in nature? I want people to hear this. There's no straight lines in nature. So how do we build straight lines? My theory is some alien beings came down here, took a group of whatever, animals, whatever, made them into humans. And we're going to give you all this knowledge, but we, but we have the right to control you, the right to get them a thousand years or a hundred years, okay? We control everything. And we said, okay, fine. I'm like, no. If there are no straight lines in nature, why am I building something straight? Because normally you build either through genetics or through environment. It's not Our genetics is not straight. You got double coil helix. It's called DNA. It's not straight. It's not straight. There's nothing straight in nature. Why are we building straight things? Because they made a contract. We're going to make you, but you got to do what we say. Or else we're going to destroy you. We say, okay, I'm glad to be here. I would say, okay, kill me. I'm gone. I'd be a poor slave to any, any, any race of any, any, any God making race. I'll be, I'm done. I'm done. Kill me. Cause I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, I've been away all my life. Right. No, seriously. No, I know what you mean. So think about that. There are no straight the lines in nature. Why are we be... building things in straight lines? Because right. what are you giving us to get the straight lines? Right. It's like you say, here's a million dollars, but here's the catch. <laughs> I can give you any time I want. I control everything about you, but you can have as much money as, as you want. Until I take away from you. I, no, I don't, I don't want it. No part. No, no thank you. I'm not doing it. Well, there are straight lines in nature where some string gets pulled really tight and then it becomes a straight line. And no, then no, boom, no, you no. You can draw no, along that no, line. No, there are Where no, there are no straight lines. There line. are no straight lines in nature. If you, if you, if you make something straight, it's because, because they taught you to make it straight. But it doesn't reflect what's in nature. There Maybe. are no straight lines in nature. Look, it's all possible. There are no straight lines. I'm, I'm telling you. Just like, no, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, your theory. That, yeah, oh, right, right, right. And, 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 and here's the other thing. I hate to break this to other people. The universe is a flat plane. The universe is flat. There's no such thing as around Earth or around planets. They taught you that, but it's not true. Okay, I'm not a flat Earther or anything like that. I'm just saying because I read ancient comedic things, and before there was ancient comedic, there were other other, other things that came out of Africa. Nut was a sky god, and she had a ceiling. You go up, and you appear to go up, but you're really going this. You're really going left and right. As an example, if you take a human being and put a camera on them, I say 90% of the time, you look left, right. You don't look up and down. We're not north and south beings. We're east and west beings because that's where the sun is. The sun sets in the west. It rises in the east. It's a, it's a left... For us humans, it's a left-right thing. It's not a north-south thing. They do the north-south thing to confuse you. Trust me on that. I looked into this. I'm going like, huh. Nobody, nobody does this all day long unless you're a giraffe or unless you got a problem you know, on medication, you know, or you just like to have go up and down. Most of the time you're doing this. Think about it. Put a camera on yourself. You'll see. I mean, I've, I've looked at some very simple, simple things. An example, if I ask each one of you here to describe how you teach somebody to walk and talk, you couldn't do it. We have, we have no idea how we talk or how we walk. We have no idea. You can tell me from a point of view of, of mechanics, you know, you use this muscle, blah, blah, blah. Write an essay to teach somebody 
another alien being, how would you teach them to talk? How would you teach them to walk? You know? You ever try to write an essay about how you show a kid how to tie a suit? I mean, you can show them, but can you write it down step by step? No. Most it's complicated. Think about it. This is it's simple more stuff. complicated than you it's think. It's a simple yeah. thing. Or how do you tell somebody, how do you pee or use the bathroom? You know? And then he comes down here and goes, they have to use the bathroom. Like, but what do I do? <laughs> right? Okay, you know? so wait, the, you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not following. If you I'm can't just saying, teach somebody how I'm to... just saying that things we take for granted that are very simple. Right. You know, what is it, what are you saying it proves that there's. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, it, it, it proves that somehow instinctually we have this, these gifts, but if you were to try and logically explain to somebody, right. you couldn't do it. You could not do it. For instance, how do you, so how do you programmed in us? How do you like tell somebody to be mostly happy or emotionally sad? Can you write why you're sad? I mean, you can write why you're sad, but but can you explain sadness? You can write why you're happy, because you but you can you explain happiness? See, the emotion is one thing, but the noun is something else. I'm happy, but what is happiness? I'm sad, but what is sadness? You see what I'm saying? And what I'm saying, the language is you can describe it in certain you know, words. We've been programmed in a bad way. We've been programmed. You realize the DNA we have today is not what, what, what was in the past? And, and that, that, that bothers me. Also, something else that bothers me. They say we can go back on DNA 60, 60 million years ago. But the dinosaurs died 66 million years ago. So what's the difference between 60 million and 66 million? It's only 6 million years, right? But they can go back. DNA, they can, they can do something with DNA that's 60 million years of age. But they can't do it if it's 61. <laughs> so you start to think, wait a minute. Something's wrong with that kind of thinking. Think about it. You can do 60, but you can't do 66? Wait a minute. That don't sound right, you know? But, but we buy because the experts say, blah, 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 blah. We're going to space, you know? You know? You're going up, but you're really doing this. Because the perception is you're doing this, but the reality is you're doing this. And NASA, never, NASA is never a straight answer. Never a straight answer. They got us... Man, they got this program. We, we, we need to get back into critical thinking is what I'm saying. But more importantly than critical thinking is critical feeling. What do you feel? Well, you definitely have some interesting ideas, Dr. Chill. I can't say I've researched these areas enough to mm -hmm. agree or disagree fully. But what I do know is I almost don't trust anything anymore, right? Like, meaning at the end of the day, like, all of history was, like, written in books and Today, it's it's obvious you can't really even believe what they write yesterday versus, let's say, something happened 700 years ago. You got to start questioning. It doesn't mean, I mean, you still read them for the learning and, oh, what could happen or what happened in history. And, but really, I couldn't say, I, I wouldn't put my children's life on, oh, no, that's exactly what happened. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It might have been totally different. It might have been really fucked up. Mm -hmm. It might have been like, like now you're d we're discovering shit about history that r we realize, oh shit, that was some fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. Maybe that guy wasn't so great, right? So I don't know, man. Like anything's possible. We're basing everything I know is based on what I've seen out of these two eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is based on what I saw from a television screen. Mm -hmm. That could be, who knows, man? We mm -hmm. could be living in, the Truman Show. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen The Truman mm -hmm. Show? Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? Go. It's okay if you haven't. Watch The Truman Show. Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. It is. Basically, 
you get you know from the beginning so this isn't a spoiler alert he's born into a show so he doesn't know he's in a reality he thinks it's his neighborhood but he's never gone outside of the limits and there's cameras everywhere in his mirror he doesn't know it right so it's called and people are watching him live his life in real life but this could be that too we don't really know mm -hmm. so i'm just saying but yeah i don't know man like i mean there's so many especially nowadays there's so much information and cross information unless i'm gonna spend and misinformation all, and misinformation and cross misinformation mm -hmm. anything you want to believe all the evidence and data is out there for you man exactly right like if you want to believe in if you want to be a flat earther i've seen this show where there's like i don't know man you could look into it i thought i thought at first it'd be a joke but it was like the some show where they pitted uh physicists versus flat earthers mm -hmm. and the flat earthers were like you know super intelligent people mm -hmm. and you were like oh shit one of them was like this female air force pilot who flew planes so she's like yeah but and i'm not going to try to explain it but she cited this phenomenon and the physicist is like yeah well but i'm like wait a second Unless she's really lost it. If she was a pilot, she's flying around the earth. Mm -hmm. So like that was like definitely interesting that someone like now I'm not saying I'm a flat earther. Right. I'm just saying that if you really want to believe, mm -hmm. there's so much like cross information, misinformation, mis misinformation that it's well, hard I think to make, you try to know is, what to believe anymore. Well, I think the thing you is go gotta go with your gut. That's why well, see I have a problem with the, with the word the believe day. because the basis of the word believe is lie. Right. So I can't deal with that. Right. Uh, I don't believe anything. To I have knowledge. true? Either I know it or I don't know it. If I haven't experienced it, and if I don't know it, then then I'm not going to speak on it. Right. Same here. Knowing that the universe is on a flat plane, it would seem to me, logically, if it's on a flat plane, everything else that derives from it has to be flat. There you go. It has to be. It could be no other way. That's logical. Right. What you're you saying know? is that it may... It appears to be. It appears to be appear round. Is what I'm saying. Round, it appears, that but it's, it's kind of like when you look into the water or or like a exactly. glass. It looks exactly. like it's a curve, but it's really flat. Exactly. And so it's just we don't know that right. black holes suck shit inside of them, and no one knows where the hell it goes. Right. They're like right, like where does this energy? They don't know where it goes. Does right. it go to another dimension? Well, so you know, there's so many things we don't. We really don't know, man. I have a word, I have a problem with the word speed limit, okay? It should be speed, uh, I thought, thought of the word. Velocity that. limit. It should be speed. It shouldn't be limit because once you put, uh, once you put a limit on speed, then what are you really saying? But it, it, it should reflect that, um, it just, it just, it, it, it just, it just is to have a better meaning. I, 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 I had it last night. I can't think of it right now, but the words that we use uh, are not good. Also, I want to say something about the traffic light. Okay, because I do a lot of research. So the traffic light was invented by a man by the name of Garrett Morgan because he saw a lot of accidents in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. So he developed the traffic light, red, green, and yellow. Right. Now, for him. 
red was to go and green was to stop. Because right. naturally, in the, in the color world, in the world of colors, red means to go. It gets you excited. Right, you know? excited. Fight That's or flight. interesting, right? Green is close to blue, which is you slow down. But the Germans invented color psychology. So on the one hand, you have a man that makes an invention, but somebody else said, but this is what, this is what it's going to mean. Okay? The other thing, too, about traffic, they say don't cross the yellow line or the white line. It should be blue. You can see blue all day and all night. If it's raining, snowing, whatever, sun glaring, when that sunlight hits that white line or the yellow line, you don't know where you are. You come up over a hill, you have no idea because you're blinded. You can see blue longer at nighttime in, in a far distance, all right, uh, than any other color. So why did they use blue? That's what I'm saying. They, they should use blue. Right. It, it, I'm going to tell you something. If the police use just blue lights, everybody would, if they just change from red to blue, all the lights be blue, even though you're going to get stopped, you you feel better. You see that red, you heart starts to be, I'm telling you, it's, 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 it, the, it, Germans use color psychology. It is to intimidate you. Why would you do that? To intimidate people. Okay, right. so they're wrong. Okay, so you know. I agree, man. Make it cool. Like the, the, the way, like I, I actually worked with this security guy, mm -hmm. a friend of mine, Vasquez. But like we talk about this where like a lot of security people come at you. Like when you come in and show your ID, they're already in, trying to intimidate. They're already creating a hostile feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember us talking about it and he's like one of those guys that's really gone the other way of creating yeah, creating like a camaraderie instead. Mm -hmm. So when they come in, trying to connect, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? A lot now, a lot more security guards are doing that because they're right, right, understanding right. that right, right. you want to create. You, you don't want to have to break up a fight. You want right. to prevent the fight. Right. People need love. People right. need to feel connected. They need to feel. They exactly. feel your energy like a dog. A dog feels your energy like exactly. You're exactly. nervous. They're like all fucking nervous. So right, right. if you're treating people like that, like trying to intimidate them. It's not the right way. Right, right. You know, and I understand that the thinking is, oh, I'm going to let you know, don't try to start shit here. Mm -hmm. But really, you, you're creating that aggressive mentality right exactly. from the beginning. And, you know, and the way, whatever, I don't want to get into like police and like the lack of training right. and the, the whole attitude. Like if you look at even UK police, mm -hmm. right, they're trained to uh, de-escalate. Right. They have like shields. They're trained to de-escalate because right. they know, like, if you could let somebody unwind for thirty minutes, they're gonna probably like get tired and calm down. Well, see, yeah, well, here but, they're like attacking you. No, but, but see what the, you the have, guard, the police dogs jumping. But what the, you have like, to understand, shield, what the? But fuck? you have to understand. It's like why? Where's the mentality? Pizza and wait. You have to understand the history. What's the purpose of policing in this country? Policing in this country came from the slave patrols. Okay. Mm. It came from the slave patrols. And the badges they wore were made of copper. That's where the word copper comes from, okay? And they were taught to intimidate, and, and they, they were treating human beings right. as, as chattel. And even today, cops treating everybody like they're chattel. Well, we pay their bills. They don't pay our bills. Right. We, we pay their bills, right. okay? Also, a lot of people don't know this, but the New York Police Department was the model department for which all other police departments sprang from and their thing was 
the, 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 the caliber bullet that they use is based on the stopping power of killing a black man or stopping power of, of it, you, you're going to get a bullet that's going to stop a black man. That means either injuring him or killing him. They went for the 22 first. After 22, they went to the 32 caliber. After that, they went to the uh, 357 and 44 mag. It was all based on, now they got bullets to tumble and, you know, small hole going in, big hole going out. It's all based on the stopping power, the killing power of a black man. Don't believe me? Do your research. You'll find out what I'm saying is true. Now, once they got the black man, they got everybody. Because they felt like, you know, well, once they wiped out the Indians, now they got the black man to deal with. And, 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 and however you treat the black man, you're going to treat anybody else that way. Hispanics, Asians, uh, uh, you know, poor people, poor white people, poor black people, poor, poor, poor anybody, you know. And you have to understand the history of, of it. People are not looking at the history of it. When you look at the history of it, then you understand why the nation is the way it is, okay? Um, it, everything makes sense if you, if you look in the right areas, okay? And it's really sad because what affects one affects us all. Martin Luther King said it best, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere, you know? Right. And it's, 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 uh, it's not fair. I know a lot of people like the game of golf. I'm not going off on a tangent here, but they don't understand golf means it was an acronym. Gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. Why would I want to play a game that excluded a whole gender? Doesn't right. mean I would, I would never take up golf as a game because the history of it is is not meant for uh, women. And also, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but all sports is related to race in a negative way. Okay? Example, baseball, bat. They were all vanilla. The bats were all vanilla. And the balls were all white. Okay? Football is brown, but it goes over a white goalpost. Basketball is a big brown ball goes into a white net. It's something wrong with all that stuff. It's wrong. It's wrong. And people are, oh, I can't wait to wait sports, man. You're contributing to racism. Everybody. It's ridiculous. You know, tennis. You know, used to be a white ball. It's, it's a different color now. Hit with a white racket. And I'm not making this up. I'm not getting emotional, but I'm just I'm looking at I'm looking at the math here. What? You know? And and who who entertains us? The sports people. Look at soccer. You know? It goes into a big White net, right? Duh. I'm like, you know, and it's all based on keeping people down. You know, the, the, the athletes are the modern day slaves. They're well paid slaves, but they're slaves to the owners, right? If I'm creating all this money, the day that Michael Jordan came back into playing basketball, he got three million. NBA made thirty billion. Thirty billion dollars on betting and all that stuff. Pay me three million dollars. Yeah, the day he came back from when he went out, and then he came back. That's, that's why Dave Chappelle says, "I don't want fifty million. If you're gonna make five billion, I want five hundred million. We're not gonna give it to you. Well, then I'm not gonna work." And then they said he was crazy and he was on drugs, and 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 people have to understand that money does not rule the world. Love rules the world, but we have to we have to embrace love, and we have to. Invest in each other. All, all of, all of us, ninety-nine percent. If we just invest in each other, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. The world will be fine. But we don't invest in each other. We try. To, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like that billionaire. I'm gonna be like that millionaire. No. Be like, as if, be like, as if, 
that billionaire was your mother or your father. If you know how much you love them, be like them. And if we all invest like that, we'll all be okay. We'll have to worry about the 1% running us because they won't be able to run us because we'll be running ourselves. We'll be running ourselves. Invest in the people that you love. Invest in yourself. Invest in the people that you love. And we'll be fine. You know? Invest let in me, love. So let me ask you something. Yes, sir. What should an athlete do if they, if they, if, if they love basketball, but it's racist? I mean, which, look, that could be, you know, coincidence too, you could argue, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I never heard this before. Well, so I can't speak on it because I haven't researched it, but I have, it could be coincidence, but what do you do if you're not, what okay. if you're Michael Jordan? Okay. What does he do? Go start another league. I had an uncle who yeah. was asked to join the Harlem Globetrotters. And that day, that was a lot of money. He said, nope, I'm not going to be anybody's clown. I'm not going to clown for you. There were two guys who played on Rutgers in New York on the playground. Very famous. They were drafted by the NBA game. Nope, we don't want to go. You know why? Because NBA controls how you dress, how you think, how you right. act. No, you're I not going to buy me. I'm not going to be your prostitute. I'm not. So you just feel like a professional, like major professional sports, at least the way most of them are set up, they're, it's not institutions you would want to ever be a part of. No. Because they basically, you, because you're about freedom. Exactly. Like you were saying, you, I'm about freedom. You would never allow a God, uh, like some alien being to come and force you to like worship some exactly limiting God because you're all about freedom, expression, right, 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 right. believing in the, believing in you know like spirituality right. but the 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 broadness of what right. creation can be well and, and to be able to express yourself however you want i say it very simple in my song surrender so like playing a sports team you can't be that because you have to right wear right. a suit on the sideline right you right. have to they're right. telling you what you can and can't you have to give interviews to reporters right Right. They you have to. You and you if you don't, to. they'll find you. So that's what it is. It's right. not so much that, because I just want to be clear, like, is it just that the Nets are white? Like, because that could be just. No, 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 no. Better. I don't know. Trust me. All sports. But plus, wouldn't all, that mean no, no, like it's trust me, racist trust, against white people? Trust me. Like, no, no. They're abusing these. No, white trust me. Nets. All sports were based on racism. All of them. Every last one of them. Okay. Um, you know, and, and if you understand golf, in the beginning, was for rich white people. I have nothing against yeah. white people, okay? But I'm just saying, I have something against people who think they're better than somebody else. Tennis was, now, what if you're tennis was a game of royalty. Yeah. Golf was a game of royalty. Basketball was taken from the Indians. They threw a rock in a basket. Can and, it evolve? And, 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 and James Naismith said, I'm going to make this sport. He never, never gave him credit for it. Come on now, man. I'm, was it really? That, that makes me angry. Because well, there was a there was basketball me, before. Yes. They took it from the ancient so Indians who would throw a rock in a basket. Really? That's why it's called basketball. A rock is a ball. Yeah. In a sense, you know? And I'm just saying, for the same reason that George Lucas took the idea of the Jedi from the ancient Egyptians, didn't give him credit, I don't like that. Be transparent. Right. Um, even the Beatles said, we learned to sing from, you know, Motown. We loved the rhythm blues thing. But what I didn't like, what they didn't do, they didn't give any scholarships out to, you know, to, to people in the ghetto. Uh, you know, they, they, took, they took the music that they loved, okay? That's how they started. And then when they came to America, the guy says, can't do that. You got to do something different. 
and they did. And it's it's not right, man. You 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 cannot co-opt somebody else's thing. Okay. And as example, yeah, rock and roll came straight from rhythm and blues. It was That's rock true. and roll. That, that it I was heard. rock and roll before. Yeah. It was rock and roll. In other words, sure. they're talking about rock and roll back in the forties. Yeah, Alan Freed says, "I'm going to make. A, I'm going to coin the term. You're going to you. You're going to name my music. You're going to name my music. How idiotic or arrogant is that? Also, jazz was taken from New Orleans. They call jazz music ass music. People say, "What do you call this music?" They say, "We call it ass music." A S S. They said, "Well, we can't call it ass music because in order for it to get to the general society, we got to change something." So you're going to take my idea. You can take my intellectual property, name it, make money off of it, and then let me play it. When you feel like, let me play it. See, we have to be real with it. If you stay real, you understand the spirit of what is real, and you understand the beauty of what is. Not the beauty of what they tell you it is, but what beauty is. It's, you know, it's, it's beauty as you see it versus somebody saying, oh, that's beautiful, and then they're going to tell you why it's beautiful. And then you have to understand, and you have to go by their definition. Okay? Mona Lisa was a picture that somebody told me it was, it wasn't the beauty of it, but everybody just liked it so much that all of a sudden it became beautiful. I'm like, well, is, is it beautiful or is it not beautiful? You know what I'm saying? Uh, just because somebody sells 10 billion records don't mean it's great. But if you say it's great, anybody says right. it's great, great, great. Yeah, is Mona Lisa good? Right, right. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, ask. as an example, you know, <laughs> right. I know. because I, I'm, I'm, really, just I'm really not into Great art, I want to ask the what art great is, art is or isn't. But I heard somebody say at the time people were saying certain things, and so right. they all just just begin to well, say that's blah, 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 blah. perception. You know, right, right. But can I I'm say saying, so, I want to say something though because I think this would be really useful mm -hmm. when we post this podcast. Mm -hmm. We should fact check stuff, and people should comment mm -hmm. and educate me. I want to be educated because. Some things you've said, I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that. Mm -hmm. But some things, first time I've heard it. Right. So I don't know. Well, so I want to be open, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, we don't have to agree on everything. Right. But well, I, see, I'm not looking for. I do like how. I mean, I'm like, sorry. I'm not I looking for agreement when I talk. I'm looking for understanding, and most people confuse the two. You're right. Uh, if a million people says something is right, it doesn't make it right. Right. You know. Uh, if one person says it's right, he could be wrong. But I'm just saying. I like to understand when you when you look at when you look at what is written from the point of view of something objective, as opposed to you know uh, being subjective on a uh, on an item. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing wrote about racism in sports, and I learned from her, and she pointed out. The various things, you know, golf, so white ball goes into a white hole. I mean, why couldn't it be a black hole? Why couldn't it be a black ball? Why couldn't it be a red ball? Why couldn't it be a yellow ball? Because when you're driving in traffic, they say, don't go beyond the white line. It's not the white line. That white line represents control. Why? Because in the 1600s, someone decided that white would be a thing that would be in law. And if it was law, it had to be right. Prior to 1600, in this country, there was no black or white. People came over, white right. people came over as indentured servants or slaves. Black people came over as right. indentured servants or slaves. But when they put in law, right. something about making something a law, all of a sudden, you know what it's like? It's like you go to the doctor, and he says you have a disease, and all of a sudden, you fall apart and you die. 
you, you have the same disease, right? Nobody told you you had it, and you live forever. You see, it's something about you know people internalizing something. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, if you internalize the truth, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was the truth. And then once you find out a slide, you go, oh my goodness, you mean all of this time I've been taught, and then you know, you know, you know. Right. Uh, I recently read that Hans Christian Anderson, who wrote Hansel and Gretel and all the things for kids. Mm -hmm. He was a pedophile. How's this man writing this literature, getting away with it, and, and it's classic? You know? If you tell people that now, you tell them, don't read Hansel and Gretel. Don't read anything Hans Christian Anson wrote because he was a pedophile. Which means he was looking, looking at these kids. He was write, writing about kids for another reason. Right. Or that Walt Disney hated women. How great is it to be have Disneyland uh, when you hate women. Did he really? Yeah, he hated women. Huh. He couldn't stand women. And like, and the way he got over, he had other people pay for his stuff. People say, that's smart. No, it's not. He just used everybody. So I, I'll have no respect for Walt Disney. Have no respect for Steve Jobs because he was an asshole. As people who were close to him. He may have been a genius in terms of what he did, but personally, people couldn't stand him. That's why the movie didn't do well. Nobody wants to see the movie. Because people who work around it already knew he was a genius doing this, but he wasn't a Nikola Tesla who died penniless and broke. He was, he, was the, he was the great man. Einstein said, I'm not a genius. Nikola Tesla is a genius. That's respect I have for this man, you know? And people said if Nikola, uh, uh, if, if Nikola Tesla had put his faith in humanity instead of all of these great inventions, then it may have turned out differently for him. Because he was a great man, you know? But somehow he did it more into his inventions, you know, uh, alternating current and other things that he did, you know, that other people got credit for the patents for and got the money, you know, Westinghouse, J.P. Morgan, uh, Edison. They got all the money and all the fame. He didn't. But he, he had put that into humanity, so to speak. Right. It would have been better well, he for him, you know? Yeah, he didn't, well, he well, didn't market and sell. He was a loner. Right. He was a brilliant no, man. Know, he was a loner. He loved people, but I guess he didn't know how to connect right. with them. That's right. You know, but, you know, I have, I have great respect. Genius isn't enough, I have man. great respect for Tesla and, and no respect at all for Edison. Yeah. None for Westinghouse or GE. You know, GE and RCA took the invention. I think the guy's name was Romanov. I believe he was Russian. He invented TV. He died penniless and broke. Nobody knows he patented TV. He got nothing for it. Nothing. That's a great invention. You know, you know, Marconi got the credit for the radio, but there was somebody else who invented it before he right. did. And after later on, the guy who really invented radio, he got credit for it, but nobody knew his name or cared. You know, so it's, it's a lot of stuff that you're taught and hear about. They controlling you. They are programming you. You know, every movie that comes out in America that gets on a big screen has got to pass to the CIA. If they don't like it, you're not putting it out. This is truth. And it's sad. You know? And TV programs we see, it's geared to the lowest common denominator. You know? That's sad. It, you know, uh, that's why we're beginning to have a whole lot more diversity. You know, everybody needs to tell a story. You can't, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, a 10-year-old kid can't tell a story of a 20-year-old kid. 20-year-old kid can't tell a story of a 10-year-old kid because they're not, 20 year is not 10. 10 is not 20, right? Why would you do that? You know? I mean, it's, it's, it's people have to open up, they have to open up their hearts, not their minds. Open up your hearts.
Because, you know, your heart is beating when you're about one or two months in your mother's womb. It's beating. It's cool. The mind is still, uh, I'm getting it together. And your mind is not even mature till you're 25. You got to wait to be 25 before you have a mature mind. Man, your heart is ready to go. At When you're four months of age in your mom, your heart's beating. It's a real heart beating. Doing its thing. It's just going in size and in complexity. But you're not going to have a mature mind until you're 25. Man, come on now. Understand that. This is really deep, you know? It really is deep, you know? At least 25, I'll say, I'll say in the Western world, because in other parts of the world, you consider an adult when you're 14 or 15 or 16, you know? And, and you know, you know, we are a country in the world. We're not the only country in the world. We are part of the world, right? You know? And, uh, you know, um, so I just think people need to, they need to read more. They need to experience more. They need to be, op- me, they need to be more open. Receive life with an open heart, not an open mind. Reading more. Take us back to school. <laughs> so, so continue the story, because we keep going off on on uh, you know theories. <laughs> well, okay, like, so so I want to know your story. Like, all right, okay, so I'm I, just curious. So okay. I went to Roger Bacon High School. Yeah, Roger Bacon. Just, just like yeah, like you went. Then yeah, okay. I, I started high school in yeah. 1959. Graduated in 1963. Roger Bacon was a religious. I believe it was a religious friar. I believe he was Franciscan, and he basically invented the bicycle back in the 12th or 13th century. He was an eccentric, yeah, name is Roger Bacon, read about him. Oh, this is the school you went to? Yes. Oh, okay. Brilliant man. And uh, I graduated, you know, 4.0, got a scholarship. So you were a good student. Yeah, I was, I was great. When test day came, people prayed I wouldn't show up, because if I showed up, there was no curve. You know, curve is means that right. if 90 is so A, you were then, a killer on the test. Right. So if 90 was A, 70 was uh, a B or a C. All right. But if 100 was an A, you got 70, you yeah. pretty much, you know, close to flunking. Or if right. 80 was a A, 60 was cool. Right. But if I showed up, oh man, he's showing up well, today, there'll be no curve. I don't think people look at somebody that's spiritual like you and say, oh, he was a 4.0 student. So. Okay, so 4.0 student. Right. And uh, so based on that, I got a scholarship to uh, college. Yeah. And it wasn't college I wanted to go to or the university I wanted to go to. The university I wanted to go to, I got into it, but I missed the deadline for a scholarship because my advisor did not tell me the dates because they didn't want me to go to a greater university because I was not of the right you know, I was not of, I was not of the right color. As a matter of fact, when I went to high school, I took a college prep course that did not include that did not include algebra, did not include any uh, uh, sciences. Wait a minute! If I'm in a college prep, that's chemistry, that's biology. I didn't get that till I got to college. I said, I said, mom, so, and I didn't know. My mother didn't know. You know, your advisor tells you what to take for college. So college your advisor prep. kept it out of college you. College prep means you you prep for college. You take algebra. That's you crazy. take uh, the sciences. You take uh, chemistry, biology, uh, algebra. I was ready for algebra in the fourth grade. I didn't get it until I was 19. I was ready for it at nine. didn't get it until I was 19. And the only reason I didn't get it was because I was the wrong color. Right. But I didn't know because I thought everybody was pretty much the same. And I had right. no idea. And later on in life, I, got, I got cheated. I got cheated. And they did it real smooth like, you know, like, why? I didn't even know at the time that I was being cheated. And later on. When I was in my 20s, I said, wow, this is not right. But 
Waters over dam. Right. It's too late. But right. it, but but it didn't but it didn't stop me. Right. It did exactly. not stop me. So then That's you the good keep thing. Going. Right. It didn't now, stop me. So then what? Because if it had stopped me, right. I could have been angry and mad. Oh man. Exactly. And you know, I, I could have self-destructed. I could have take I could have gotten into drugs and, you know, you know, alcohol and 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 you know and, and all the drugs that were available, you know? And uh I didn't go that way. So I finished uh, the university yeah. got accepted into medical school. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, came to medical school at a time where most black and brown students either went to Meharry or they went to Howard. There were only two mm -hmm. basically black medical schools. And the class that I came into in 1970 was at the University of California, San Francisco. They had blacks, they had browns, they had Indian students, they had women students, they oh, had very people diverse. who had been in other uh, 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 jobs and decided that they wanted to become a doctor. So, it was, so I was in like a revolutionary class. It was very beautiful. University of California, San Francisco Medical Center. 1970, graduated in 1974. Uh, after that, I came to LA to do my internship and residency. And for the last 43 years, I've been uh, practicing you know, medicine, mainly as a pediatrician, but I've also done general medicine, family medicine, alternative medicine, you know, and I've enjoyed it. But along the way, I always wanted to be creative. And as a doctor, as a scientist, you're kind of limited in your creations. You know, right. disease, you're going to treat it so many ways. Right. It's an equation. Right. Uh, viruses, you're going to treat in so many ways. You know, you can help people in just so many ways. You're very limited, right? Uh, it was uh, beautiful to see them, you know, get well. Uh, see babies growing up from zero to now mm -hmm. some of the patients that I still talk to, they were babies, now they're grandfathers and I'm talking to the grandfather, the father and the grandson. So it's been rewarding that way. And I've met a lot of people, all kind of races, all kind of ages, all kind of, you know, genders. Uh but and your I last name to, is Chilumbo. Yes, Chilumbo. Your born name. No, I was not born with a name. Not, it's it's a name, what I call a name of Renaissance. So when I was 22, my last name, I didn't like it. I didn't like my first name because it, it was the name of a slave. It was a slave name. I was named Can I after. Ask what it was? Or? I was named after a famous actor. I was named after Gregory Peck. Okay. Gregory Peck was like the Clark Gable of his day. He was a very handsome, yes, well known, very Amazing articulate, actor, yeah. you know, actor. Yeah. And my last name was Barnes. To okay. Kill a mockingbird. Right. Right. Yeah. And. When I looked around at me, I go like, but I'm not a Gregory Peck. There's nothing about me. Right. Just, I'm not going to Hollywood. I don't want to act. Um, definitely not a Gregory Peck type looking person. So from 22 to 29, I searched for seven years. I asked the universe. This is when I really got into my spiritual. I said, universe, give me a name that will reflect more of who I am. Seven years. Seven is the number of being holy, being sacred. Uh, it's the number of being on the most high. It's a number of divinity, right? Seven years. And so a few months before I graduated from medical school at the age of 29, I told the uh, dean, I said, I'm changing my name. This is what it will be on my diploma. He said, you can't do that. I go, I'm doing it. So from now on, you no longer call me Mr. Barnes or Dr. Barnes, just Dr. Chalumbo. And I picked names that represented North, Africa, East Africa, West Africa, and South Africa, because to me, 
it's the United States of Africa. Africa is, from my research tells me, it's the birthplace of mankind. So I wanted to embrace that. So I took four different names for four different parts of Africa. Karamo I took from Nigeria. It means teacher. Asebra I took from North Africa, which means creative one. Kasano I took from South Africa, which means priest. And I took Chilombo from East Africa, which means either beast, dragon, or royal family. So I felt complete. And I was like, this is who I am. I've discovered me. <clears throat> this is who I am. Interesting. And, uh, so what's was, the full name? The, so the full name is Karamo, Asebra, Kasano, Chilombo. And it means... Sick. It means the teacher, yeah. Okay, who is creative, mm -hmm. who is a prince of the royal family. Okay, a creative teacher of the royal family. You know, um, you know. Beautiful. So, uh, you know, and I've tried to live that, and then I found out later when you break down Karamo in ancient Kemetic language, because Kemet is the ancient name of Egypt. Egypt was a, is a Greek name, and it means the land of black faces given by the Greeks to that area. But it's really called Kemet, which is where chemistry or alchemy comes from, okay? So Ka means you surrender to the spirit of God, Ra, at noon, speaking intelligently. So my first name means the spirit of God, who at noontime speaks intelligently, you know? And so, I'm like, I'm like, I had no idea. And then someone further told me that Karamo was equivalent to God, Yahweh, Buddha, uh, Tao, Allah. And I'm not making this up. I was told by people more wise than I am. That's what it is. I'm like, wow, the universe really gave me a beautiful name because like I said, in Nigeria, Karamo means teacher. And God, of course, is a teacher because he builds things. That's what a teacher does. He, he, he gives you knowledge for your understanding. And hopefully, if you put the understanding together, you get wisdom. So when did you start becoming a Dr. Chill, like officially? When I graduated from, okay, so the name Chill came about because I was practicing in Pasadena. A little boy came up to me and said, you know what? My mom can't say Chilombo or however you say your last name. Can we just call you Dr. Chill? Cool. So it was a baby who gave me the name. He says, can we really? call you Dr. Chill? Because cool. my mama can't say Ch Chalumbo. How do you say your last name? He didn't say Chalumbo. He said, Ch 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 something. Can we just call you Dr. Chill? I said, yes. And, th and the name stuck. And it, was, it was a beautiful revelation because it's like, wow. I right. would never thought Chalumbo Chill. I, right. You know, because you know, I'm into meanings. And, you know, uh -huh. it, uh, to me, it was, it's a sacred name, right? Right. And, you know, make a nickname. I mean, I'm not a gangster. You know, right. I don't hang out. And, you know, I'm not a homie. I'm, I'm right. a professional person. I carry, you know, knowledge. And so wisdom. did you have this look as a doctor or you were more professional? At no. As a doctor. Because I, I saw some old pictures. I, as a doctor. You look different. I was Esquire. I was GQ. Yeah, I saw I you was GQ. I was uh, three-piece <laughs> suit, button-down tie, you know, uh, just smell good, look good, talk good, walk good, you know. And then one day I said to myself, I'm, I have too much distance between me and the patient. So I'm going to dress down. Interesting. I'm going to be like the common man in my dress, you know, because what you see huh. is what you get, right? Right. Because they walk in. I mean, everybody would come to my offices all dressed up. I mean, people coming from together, they didn't have anything. They would always dress up to come see me. Yeah. 
because I was always dressed up. They would be like, it, it was like going to church. Right. There were little kids, pants were, you know, pressed and everything. <laughs> little girls with cute little dresses, you know. So you got like a broken leg. With right, right. You know, I mean, so they're coming suit. to see the doctor, but they're coming like, they're going too fast <laughs> to the show, you know. Because I was funny. cool, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden I said, you know what? So you were a popular doctor. I was a popular doctor. Right. You were fun. Patients loved me. I loved them, you know. And you leaned into, like, everyone started calling you Dr. Chill? Yes, yes, yes. And so they started calling me Dr. Chill. I said, cool, you know. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, you know, uh, I don't practice in an office, you know, per se anymore. I do a lot of telephonic and uh, I'll see some patients. I make house calls. Uh, a lot of it is telephonic. So you still practice? Yes. A lot of it's telephonic, but I do make house calls, you know. So so how does, okay, then connected with the music, the art, like when did you start making your own, like, music? Were you you said you wrote a song a while back in right. 2000. Well, actually, back in the 80s, I was wanting to do what I'm doing now. Uh, I had some young daughters. I made them into a group. They were going to be the next TLC. TLC was You a, made your, I know TLC, yeah. Right, right. What was it? Go ahead, go ahead. My TLC daughters was. were going to be the next TLC. Yeah. My daughters were like teens. TLC was adults. So when they were about, I guess, 12, 13, 14, I said, let's put a group together called MJP. We're getting ready to get signed to Motown, but Wait, one of the other mothers. Even, how did you know to even do this? Like, where did that idea Well, come okay, from? so. Like, Miyoko. Okay, girls, family meeting. No. We're going to sign so you to a I saw my wife's cousin dance, and my little girl, Miyoko, was five at the time. Jamila was three. Shahi was, I think, one. No, he was two. Yiger's one. Janae had been born. I go, you know what? I want to get them into dancing, you know? And then once we got into dancing, then people thought they were really cute. They wanted to be in kids' videos, right? They wanted to be in kids' videos. So, um, you know, they were in, you know, the various kids, you know, you know, singing nursery rhymes and so on and so forth. And, uh, as a musician or a person who, who always loved music because prior to that marriage, I was going to be doing something while I was in uh, training, you know, to be a doctor. But my first wife left me and I kind of got, you know, sidetracked. Oh, I don't know, think I want to pursue that because I want to pursue getting my wife back, which I should have just said, okay, she don't want me. That's fine. Let me do my thing. And uh, I, I should have been further into music, you know, than I am now. But I knew that, my medicine job was safe, and I was I was gonna make money. I was gonna be okay. Music, you know, kind of maybe you know it may not be the most stable of jobs, you know, because you spend all the time, you know, right. being a doctor all those years, you're not just gonna throw that away. Right. At least I didn't want to throw it away, or or maybe I didn't want to take the risk. But so anyway, when I started my second family, uh, I knew I wanted to do something with. Her. I didn't quite know when so I started them off dancing and once they started dancing they started booking jobs you know uh, you know kids videos and, and, and can your daughter be in this video can it be in that video you know so I told my wife I said okay were they were like super talented or they were just going okay. to a lot of auditions like what was they the started off as being dancers okay they they got to put the point as children they were professional dancers okay so they then, were like really serious about right, it right and, 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 and I knew they could sing because I know I have singing in me I, you know I just knew it it's, you know, 
instinctively. So uh, I decided that I would get a producer and I would have him start producing my daughters, you know, they were like a duet. And I said, well, I think we need a third girl. So I, I got a third girl who couldn't sing, but she had the same look as my daughter. How did you even like have the like confidence and the audacity to do it? Well, like, were you always just like, I'm going to do it? Well, whatever it was, like, I'm going to do this. I'm just, you, were you always just doing whatever you wanted? Right. Well, kind of, or you, you built up to that? I yeah. knew that I wanted to pursue, you know, the music thing. But like I said, after my first marriage didn't work, I kind of put it on hold. But when I had children, I knew I had to pass it on. I, I, I couldn't just let the talent die, you know, because too much is given. Much and you is, saw much it in them expected. too, so you said, okay, let's yes, do it with, yes. the, with the kids. Then. And uh, I knew it was just a matter of time. Uh, so we put this, uh, we put this, 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 this group you together. Wrong. You weren't wrong. Right. And <laughs> by that time, Janae had been born. And I specifically told Tina, when Janae was born, I said, we have the next Jackson 5. Okay. That's when I really kind of kicked it in the gear. When, when she was born in 1988, Miyoko would have been eight or nine. And so, and they were already booking, you know, kids' videos and, and, and being in other people's videos. You so know? were you managing them and driving them? No, no, no. I was, this being that I had my wife manage them. I, in retrospect, I should have managed them, but that's neither here nor there because I'm, I'm, I'm results-oriented. I, I would have been like a Joe Jackson not harsh though. I would have been yeah. like, okay, like I'm a doctor. I walk involved, in the door. Yeah. I'm a doctor. People are gonna listen to me because I'm a doctor. Right. And what I didn't know, I would know. But you know, I was busy practicing, and uh, I couldn't do. Do, do you feel yeah. like you? I know you don't regret anything because we just we just kind of flow with what happens. But do you feel like it would have been more effective for you to have put the practice on hold and and do it full time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I like what I was, you hesitated. Right, like you should have jumped more. What, what I should have done is I should have. I, I I had those moments too, so yeah, I'm not yeah. judging you for it. What I should have done was I should have spent maybe half time practicing and half time managing. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I had enough patience, you know. Um, and doctors can get loans, and they can you know say it's for their practice, and they can use it, and then they can use, you know they can also use it. It wouldn't have been wrong. And uh, and and I make sure you know things get done. Um, the woman who didn't want to have a daughter in the group because she wanted to be part of management, I would have no problem saying no, you know, I'll find somebody else. So let me know. Yes or no. Let's do this. Don't don't prolong it. But you know, women get into the feelings and all that stuff, you know. Women get into the emotions, man. Man, we act on bam, let's let's do this, right? Uh it's not emotional. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. Okay, next, you know. Right. Women want to think about it and have all kind of attitudes and blah, 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 blah. And you know, we're dealing with you know, young girls, blah, blah, blah. So, or if we had been, been there with young boys, it would have been the same situation. So anyway, uh, they didn't get signed, but I didn't give up. And, you know, uh, they went on to, uh, we got other girls involved, right? And uh, they did something uh, in the record business. Uh, they put out a record called Play Another Slow Jam. But then that manager died, and when he died, it just seemed to uh, that seemed to be the end of that particular group. But um, the girl still continued to model, dance, sing. You know, uh, Jamila eventually became a solo artist. Uh, Yoko 
didn't decide to deal with it, deal with the uh, business anymore as a, you know, as a single artist, although she could have. Meanwhile, Janae's, you know, growing up, my son was also in groups, you know, but uh, and a lot of the guys that were in the group that he was in have done, you know, great things, you know, since then. But, um, and then meanwhile, you know, Janae was coming up when she turned 13, she got signed and she had perfect pitch as a, ba- you know, as a toddler. Miyagi had perfect pitch as a toddler. For some reason, he didn't want to sing, but he, he, he could have been, uh, he would have been a great R&B singer, but he didn't want to sing, you know. He just, nah, I don't want to do it, you know. I don't know why, you know, you have to respect a kid's uh, right. decision. Hey, you know? absolutely. And so, um, you know, meanwhile, you know, I continued to practice and I always wanted, you know, to do music, but I was always busy taking care of the people. I was always putting myself last. I was always devaluing what I really wanted to do, you know, because right. I certainly could have been doing this a long time ago. Right. But, in 2015, most of us, most uh, of us listening or, can relate. Or 2016, I decided, okay, I'm going to stop practicing regular medicine. I'm going to do alternative medicine. So I started dealing a lot with, uh, with uh, you know, marijuana, other ways to, you know, deal with people, crystal therapy, aromatherapy, uh, you know, spiritual therapy, so on and so forth. So I went and in that direction, and it gave me a chance to be more creative because I'm going to tell you, as much as I love dealing with patients, and it was tens of thousands of patients i am i impacted literally hundreds of thousands if not millions of lives as a doctor i wasn't creative and one creative moment for me is 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 greater than saving a life you know because i'm saving a life i got to go by rules and regulations you know but when i'm creating i get to do me there's no right there's no wrong there's no rules to follow i get to do what i want to do it's coming from the universe through me, yeah, it's you know? more authentic. Who you right, are. right, right, and uh, and, you know, and 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 it's me. I think you thought that that you wanted to help people and medicine right, as a, right. as, a yeah. as like a respectful yeah. and I've always like helping people. It, I love helping people. It's not the way you want to. You know? I love giving, but I'm giving something that somebody else taught me. It's right. not what I'm teaching myself. Right. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, it's 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 the difference between cooking with somebody else's ingredients. Mm-hmm. Or cooking, you know, box cooking or right. cooking from scratch. It's a difference, you know? You know, you get a different taste, you get a different flavor, you get a different meaning, you get a mm-hmm. different feeling, right? So, you know. And just, it's a representation of you, not right. someone else. Just to come out of the blue, just to reach into the, re, to reach mm-hmm. into the abyss of the universe and pull right. something out that. Put your own imprint, right. whatever it is. That can help heal other people. Right. Which I've always been into healing and helping, you know. And you and, could, like you said before, you could reach a lot more people with some kind of um, creative right. content. Right, 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 you, right. You, Instead of reaching like, one patient at a time, I could reach like 100, 10 hours or 1,000, or 10,000, right, yeah. right, right. And so I would have a greater impact, especially if right. my intention was good. And I, didn't, and I didn't put my attention to it. So mm-hmm. if I had good intention and not putting attention to it, it works, you know. Right. And... uh I've I've just been happy because I felt so constipated all these years. I have all these great ideas. I, I talk to Carl. I have things all the time. You I were constipated with ideas. And do, right, right. And, you know, I, I'm Leo constipated that. with ideas. Or I'm pregnant with ideas. I don't want to know what happened I'm holding, after the constipation. I'm holding them in. So wait a right. minute. Why are you now holding, why are you holding just... the, the within? You right. know, you got something powerful within. Let it out. 
Right. Just let it out. That's all you gotta do. Dude, I relate all you to have to do is to do it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, uh, um, you know, let it. You know, fester, uh, or you don't have to let it just. You know, brew. Just let it out. Right. You know, the the yeah. the, the the universe needs it. Right. Right. Be you, because right. only you can have that idea. No right. one else. So right. don't right. hold it in. Right. Right. Some yeah. of the best ideas I've ever had, I thought were the dumbest fucking ideas. Mm -hmm. I better not say this, and I go, I'm just gonna say it anyway. And then that's the one that needed to needed your imprint. You know what I mean? Like right. you just gotta let it out, man. Know that you're good enough. Mm -hmm. I know people say that, like, know that you're good enough. It's true though, because if you think I'm not good enough, you don't share your ideas, then you don't you don't give your idea a chance to even grow. Because right. you don't even plant the seed. You know what I mean? So it's man, I and I get you and look, I can relate to you because I was in corporate for a long time and mm -hmm. I I felt like, well, I can't complain because I had a good job, mm -hmm. but I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really able to contribute to the tribe in my most authentic, fulfilling way. Mm -hmm. And for me, sitting in front of a computer screen, analyzing spreadsheets and writing up reports, not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, and for some, they like that. They like telling stories through numbers. Mm -hmm. Be who you are. That's the key, man. Like, right. not everyone has to be who you. You're a super unique individual. Obviously, some people can create, and they want to create through medicine, mm -hmm. and that's their form of creation. For you, I think it was too limiting. Right, right, right. I think you need to be able to, like, from what I've seen, you're like. Let's do an NFT. Let's do a painting. Let's do a let's do a fucking music video, mm -hmm. songs. Write a book. You know you want to create in every possible way, right? In right. every breadth of your being, and right? With your hands, with your feeling, with making sounds, with singing, mm -hmm. with making music videos. Like you want to do it all, right? Right. Kind of. I want to do that too, but you know. I mean, I think uh, there's no reason you can't do that now. Mm -hmm. You know, full expression. Well, like I say, you know, I've, I've been a right brain and a left brain person, you know, left, you know, logical and, and right is creative. And uh, I'm bilobal, by the way. That means, you know, right brain, left brain. And uh, most of us, we can all be bilobal, but, you know, we get stuck at all your logical or your emotional, but now you can be both, you know? Right. And, uh, but like I said, uh, when I found out that the human brain has 100 billion neurons and each neuron has 10,000 connections, when I found out that the number is exponentially greater than all of the stars in the universe, that each human brain has the potential to create infinite possibilities. That's one human brain. Infinite, man. And For then sure. the heart <clears throat> has 10 times more energy than the brain. So you basically have 11 universes within you and there's no excuse to say you can't do something. I mean, you have the, the potential is there. Right. Just do it, you know, uh, understand it and do it. And I tell the people, you can be anybody you want, do anything you want. It's called time. Practice makes perfect. Yep. That's all. And, and, and a desire to do it, but not, Oh, yep. I can't do this. Oh, I'm not, I don't understand it. It's there. Well, it's there. It's there. I believe the desire comes, it's like the chicken and the egg. The desire comes after you figure out who you are and your passion. 
So like with my kids, I always, I wouldn't force, I would let them try everything, mm -hmm. every sport they wanted, anything they were attracted to, go try it. Mm -hmm. Give it a little time, right? But at the end of the day, I, I, I wanted them to find something they were passionate about. Mm -hmm. Once they did, then they got more, you know, obsessive over it, mm -hmm. you know, and practicing their discipline and working hard and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think like that's very important too, finding that and mm -hmm. the confidence because not everyone has your, I don't know where you got your confidence. Where did you get your confidence? I want to know because that's a big thing and it's very elusive because people saying, oh, just do it. Some people literally can't because they have such a mental block that mm -hmm. they're not good enough and they're not worth it and they're nothing because I'm assuming, I already know, your mom didn't tell you that. Your mom was probably like uplifting you. Mm -hmm. She was probably believing in you. Oh, mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want, son. Exactly. Go fucking get a job and pay for your fucking private school. Mm -hmm. But you can do it. So right, do it. Right. Because right, right. if you if she didn't make you believe that you could go to private school and be go to any college you want and become a doctor if you wanted and whatever you wanted, son, you wouldn't have worked that hard. You wouldn't have worked those part-time jobs because you would have been like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. You knew why you were doing it because she made you believe, I think, am I wrong? Well, yeah, she, she was- or, uh, or either you did it because you have a very strong confidence that is well, not, that doesn't come from nowhere and you instilled it in your you know, kids, I think. She, could, she my, always told me I could do- my philosophy. Whatever my theory. I wanted to do, you know. And, and 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 pretty much, I was a rebel. I mean, I did- what I wanted to do. Uh, I was considered a rebel. I mean, I would, uh, you know, somebody tell me I couldn't do something, I would do it. Somebody tell me I'm a lady, I go, according to what? The stars, the moon, the sun, what? Are we talking about, are we talking lunar time, solar time, or sidereal time, you know? I, I, I question everything and everybody. Anybody who is authority or, or, or discipline, I wanted to know why. They just don't tell me to do something. I want to know why. If me you couldn't too, tell man. me, if you couldn't question. tell me, Every everything. fucking thing. Everything. I question You can everything. always go back to your original philosophy. I question everything, you know? You That's know? what, when people don't want to question, I always question them because right, I think, right. well, wait a second. If your way of looking at it is so great, why won't you just look at it from this other side and then right. still choose yours, which is so much better, right? Right. Right. What's the harm in comparing other arguments? Question everything. The problem is they're afraid that their argument won't stand up so they don't even want to hear it. Right, right, right. That's the truth. You know. Because I'm always I'm always open to changing what I think about things. Mm -hmm. As I got older mm -hmm. and as I changed how I thought about things, because I go, wait a second. I thought I knew. And then I go, well, I didn't even never heard that before. Right, and right. then you you mm -hmm. look into it like like the night for example, nine eleven, right? The mm -hmm. whole nine eleven you know, like once I started watching documentaries about it. Exactly. I was exactly. like, at first I'm like, ah, oh, conspiracy theories, all these people. With their... But then I'm like, wait a second, shit. Exactly. That's when I really started becoming more of a man. You can't believe anything. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's why I don't say I know you're not right. Just because I don't, I haven't heard some of the things that you've said. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of things I learned as I got older that when I was younger, I thought there's no way. Mm -hmm. I was very simple thinking when I was younger because mm -hmm. that's what it is. Exactly. As you get older, your world expands, right? When you're little, you only know your mama, dad, right. right? And then you know the, the, you know, the neighbor and then mm -hmm. 
you know, the neighborhood and then you start looking at politics and mm -hmm. reading and you start, it starts getting really gray, man, when you start yes. really understanding yes. the yes. world. Yes. It's well, you know, I've gotten, simple. I yeah. think I've got more of an education outside of the university and outside of medical school uh, because I've, 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 I tell people all the time, do your own due diligence. Do right. your own due diligence. Absolutely. Check it out for yourself. Uh, people always say speed of light is the ultimate. No, it's not because light cannot penetrate a black hole. It can't escape a black hole. So therefore, a black hole has to have time faster than the speed of light. Gravity is faster than the speed of light, yet we don't even know what gravity is, you know? Uh, you know, uh, things we're taught, find out later on that that wasn't true. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to everything. I question everything, but I'm, all, I'm also open. If, if, I'm, if I'm proven wrong or so another way, if I don't have cognitive dissonance, I'm open. Same you know, here, man. I, you know, I, I'm open. Uh, you know, I, I found out that there were only 13 original letters of the alphabet. That's why they have, if you look at the back, back of the dollar bill, you have thir the, the eagle has 13 arrows. He has 13 uh, olive branches. There are 13 steps, you know, going up to the, uh, up, up to the White House, there were 13 states. That number 13 is very significant because it, it, it means three plus one equals four. That's the number of God. Uh, if you look on, if you look on the back of the dollar bill, you have the, the pyramid. That interesting was not built from the ground up, but from the top down. Uh, if you look at the eye, that the eye of Oris, but that eye, if you really blow it up, that's a reptilian eye, because you'll see the interfolds. Reptiles have an interfold and an outerfold. That's not a human eye. That's a reptilian eye, which means that through the money in the fourth dimension or fifth dimension or whatever dimension they're in, they're controlling us through the money. And that, that's like, what? And when you start understanding and seeing things like that, then, wow. And this, Wait, this are, education, these the, are these the potential creators of the human race? I'm saying... It, and it the Illuminati's are watching us through TVs. Like what? Like I want to know. Like what is the, what is the theory here? The eye. Yeah. They say it's the eye of Oris. Okay. But if you look, if you blow the eye up. Yeah. You will see it's a reptilian eye. Right. A reptilian has an inner, it has an inner, uh, uh, inner eyelid and an outer, outer eyelid. Okay. We only have an outer eyelid. Okay. And, you know, it, it's a symbol. They're controlling us through the medium. To the energy that the, that mm. that that money brings, okay, um, just like TV, you know, you program. We, we sit in a movie theater, we get very thirsty, and there were subliminally flashing Coca-Cola signs or Pepsi-Cola signs or whatever signs that were flashing, subliminally, right? You know, and uh, you know, there are subliminal messages um, in movies. You know, it's it's that there's one movie and then there's symbols inside the movie. And the people that are really watching. The movie subconsciously don't understand that there are things going on in that movie that that's impacting their lives, and then later on they find out they get mad. But the purpose of of, of many movies is to tell you what is reality. For instance, there was a movie called The Westworld, starring Will Brenner, and he had a prosthetic arm, but you couldn't tell it was prosthetic. You couldn't tell he was he was basically a humanoid. The story there he, that they were telling you there is: Hey, we got people walking around here that look human, but they're not human. And since then, we've seen people get bionic arms and legs and who knows what's going on, you know? 
But the movies are always a way to get a message across. Example, the movie Avatar was telling you the blue people represent the aboriginal people of this earth, whoever they are. They're going to control it one day, as they did in the past. That's why James Cameron made a great movie. And people, and, and when it, people saw that movie, everybody, of course, rooted for the blue people because they were aboriginal, they were tied into plants. But the bigger picture was, you know, this world is about to change very quickly. And those who are in power are not going to be in power anymore. And he was telling that in a very symbolic way, you know? And so when, when I watch movies, I want to know what are they really, what's the message that they're really, really, what's the subliminal message? Not what they're showing on the screen, what's going on symbolically? Question for you. If they, if there are these alien creatures that control us through money or they came down to set us here to control us, for what purpose do you, what was the purpose? For us to like populate the earth and to, or to watch us, to entertain themselves, to see what happens maybe? Okay, like, well, hey, let's, th let's do a currency system and see what these, you know, intelligent primates do with that. And it's the Truman Show right. for them. I mean, that is possible. Okay, like, you know, we have the, like, it is possible that, you know, like with all the stuff with the pyramids, right? Like mm -hmm. I've seen documentaries about that and it's a lot of weird shit, right? About the pyramids, how they're situated, the math behind it. It's mm -hmm. like impossible that we were able to do it, all that stuff. So it's possible that, you know, we're just the Truman Show for them. Mm -hmm. They're like watching us going, man, look at these motherfuckers go. <laughs> well, what are they doing? Dude, did you see? They invented an atomic bomb. It's mm -hmm. crazy, right? Like, it's possible. Well, let me just throw this out here. 22 or the 45 presidents are all related bloodline, okay? As you know, in Europe, the bloodlines were pure because they would have cousins marrying each other. They always kept it pure, to you know, to rule and to, right? to rule and to control. We'll have to people. fact check a lot, Josh. You, know, you can have a long, you know, have a long week, man. You know, to rule and uh, you know to you know to rule over other people. Uh, it even goes back to ancient Egypt where. King Tut and Nefertiti were brother and sister. Right. And they were basically married, you no, know? I, I, so I, I, it, it, it was all about controlling the people right. through the royal dance. As a matter of fact, as a physician, you see a lot of genetic diseases in royal families because of the close, inter, close intermingling, okay? But they did it to control through power. So we have that example here on Earth. If they're doing that here on Earth, the question is, was somebody else doing that to the people here on Earth? And I believe so. Why is 1%... Of the people running 99% of, of the world. That's a good question. It, it goes on right now. Yeah. And, and, and it's not because of economics and all that. It, it's something, something is controlling them to control the rest of us. I mean, why we let 1% control 99%? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Why do we you let know, that happen? You know, you see? That seems really counterintuitive. You know, I mean, they, they've convinced us, they convinced themselves, but somebody is, is pulling their strings, okay? You know? Giving them the, the, the as cheat above, giving them the cheat codes. There's an old saying to the monopoly. Game. There's an old ancient saying, as above, so below. Okay, which means they're doing it there and they're doing it here. Okay, you know we we unfortunately are the recipients of the of the craps going on. You know, however, we are in the age of Aquarius, and I I I, uh, 
I feel that things are changing. Um, you know, and we have to see it from the Yeah, what do you see in our future, Dr. Chill? Well, I see in our future that uh that the other 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 non earth the beings will come into our uh, presence. And I think we'll have to decide as a species, uh, we're going to collaborate, fight, uh, give up, whatever. You're talking about aliens? Uh, I prefer to say other beings, you know, because- Are they already here or they're gonna come here? From what I've read, in, from what I've read in the documentaries that I watched, they are already here. They Among are already us. here. They are among us, okay? Huh. Are there a lot? Well, apparently they're, they're according to some things I read on Gaia, G-A-I-A, there are six or seven different species. You got the Greys, the Nordics, you got, uh, I, I forget some of the other names, some of the other names, but apparently there are four or five species that the uh, the government already knows about. Uh, I understand in Area 51, they have uh, spaceships that they have shot down if they trying to re reverse engineering um you know so this is uh, like a men in black situation like or not that extreme right i i i i i really feel that we're not alone i mean this is this universe is too vast for us to be alone you know that probably makes sense to right me. too many stars too many potential life forms plus a lot of you know UFO sightings, although that doesn't mean they're aliens necessarily from other planets, but still, all of a sudden, all this information's coming mm -hmm. out. I mean, if Joe Rogan's posting it, must be important, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, unex unexplained flying objects, technology you know, but, that seems to be but on the other hand, thousands of years. But on the other hand, advanced. playing the devil's advocate, it's like, if, if you saw a man or woman walk through a wall, walk on water, fly, and they said something to you, you would probably believe them. You're probably like, can you show me how to do that? Can I be part of your program? Right. And a lot of people will do that. But then I think worldwide, since the cumulative uh, IQ of, of mankind is about a second, second or third degree education, I think a lot of people would panic. They would panic. And I think that's why the government leaders those things out the way they do. Because I because because I don't think they can control what the masses would do. Right. Hey. <clears throat> you know, a lot of the like a lot of these things would surprise me, but not shock me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm ready for anything. Mm -hmm. Honestly. I'm ready for the alien invasion, man. I'm ready to embrace like I am like very in an embracing kind of mindset. Like you embrace the game but then play it to like you know, to its limit. Well, you know, I for told yourself, my kids. Whatever that is for you. I told my kids, I'm curious, if a UFO landed here, I'd be like, okay, I'll go. I don't have any problem, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I've lived my life. Uh, I might miss, you know, my family and my, my friends, but the thing about me is. Would you volunteer to go? I would, I would. Like, okay, they landed, you'd be like, hey, wait, wait, before you go, uh, take me first. Right, right. Because you, um, you want to go, you want to know. You're curious. I'm curious. I want to know as much as I can. Uh, I, I, I seek knowledge and I seek wisdom. What if there do. was a risk that you don't know what they're going to, maybe, maybe, you know. Well, you know, I'm not much of a risk taker, but in this case, really? I would be curious. Aliens. Yeah. Aliens yeah. would, you would, you would make an exception. I would. For I aliens. Would. I would, you know. 
Yeah, especially, I mean, especially if I got a good vibration. If I got right. one, if I got a vibration, oh, they, right. If they look like they're about if, to like, if they're gonna harm me, dinner, or kill right. me, I don't think so. But if they're open, <laughs> if they're like, you know, you know, you're like, you know, ah, you know what? You know, because I mean, you're imagining like they're all intelligent and mm -hmm. translating, right. right? You know, their right. alien speech. Right. It could be some like crazy ass, yeah, like right. tentacles, teeth, right. Just slime, like, right? Right? They just, yeah, the predator. They just want to eat. Well, I understand from They're reading like, that, that some of these uh, alien beings that smell so bad. And I'm really key on smell, man. If they like, if you smell a fuck at it, yeah. I'm see, sorry. right? <laughs> Got to get away, man. <laughs> That's face, right. You never think of the smell shit on you, man. Because I'm not. You know, I don't do well with funk. I See, because they always look <laughs> funky, but what if they smell funky? That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. I'd be like, okay, I'm passing on you, like, man. You know, like, oh, yeah. they look. They look similar to us. And then, oh, whoa, you know, what is that? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, that would be like, okay, you know, I'm passing. I'm good. Yeah. I don't really need to know. What is it about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's there's limits. Mm -hmm. There's limits you know, here. The, Knowledge seeking. The looks wouldn't bother me, but the yeah. smell. Right. The, the, smell, smell. the smell would be like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's where Dr. Jill draws the line, motherfuckers. <laughs> smell good, all right? Take or, a shower. Or don't smell bad. Don't know? smell bad, right? Yeah. yeah, you're just saying if you're like a really bad alien smell, yeah. that may not work. I'm with you with I mean, that, man. I mean, like sewer, I'm passing. <laughs> like, how long is this trip? Like, <laughs> I got <laughs> yeah. You yeah. like your funky, but not in that way. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's funny, man. Alien etiquette, man. No, but I would. I'm totally curious. Like, if yeah, aliens yeah, come, yeah. I I would definitely be like, dude. Like, if you already know they got, you know, they're gonna overpower you anyways. Like, hey, man, yeah. I'll answer your questions. Right. We need to know. Right. Show me your. I want to see what can what is possible. Mm -hmm. Imagine like a totally different. Well, you, you Leonard's done a lot of imagining. Mm -hmm. A lot of experience. Yeah. yeah. Is that a good segue <laughs> into another another world? So, man, that was awesome. So, go back to being a dad. How was how was your? Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, my first two kids, I was you know going to medical school training. Then how old were you when you had your first? I was twenty four. Okay. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, being a student. Uh, you know, we had our dad, you know, and, you know, I had my dad days, which used to be on a Saturday, Sunday, because, you know, you're always studying and uh, it's, it's rough, right? And uh, I was not able to spend the time that, you know, regular dads do, because when you're a professional, you, have, you, make, you make a lot of sacrifices. You make a lot of sacrifices, you know. My second set came, I spent more time with him because I was used to being uh, a father, you know. Um, but again, uh, you know, the weekends was, were the days where we were able to, you know, have fun and so on and so forth. And uh, I had a, a third, uh, uh, you know, situation where I have my youngest daughter actually raised her by myself and I spent a lot of time with, with that daughter. I mean, we, we did everything together. Uh, I was, uh, not only a doctor, 
with a mother and a father. So I really kind of got into fatherhood greatly with my last daughter, you know, because, uh, I mean, I was mother and father, so I had to, you know, go to games and I mean, didn't have to. But, you know, I, I was more involved with her because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're being mother and father, you have to be more, more right. involved with the child and, and still work a job. So I was like mother, father, and doctor, you know. Right. As before, the other thing, I was I was a breadwinner, you know, did well, but didn't spend a lot of time because I didn't have the time, you know, uh, you know, uh, and uh, you could say, well, you could have made the time. Yeah, but you got five kids. Uh, you got to be, you got to spend a lot of time to make the money that takes to take care of five kids, you know. Right. Uh, if it would be one kid, that'd be different. But when I had my last daughter, I was mother, father, and doctor. So I had to, uh, you know, I had to cook and, you know, um, do laundry, you know, all the things that before I had a partner to do all that. Now I'm doing everything, you know. I would go to, you know, school events and games and sports and so on and so forth. I would become a photographer, you know. I just, uh, I became a more full dad with my last child, you know. Yep. And I loved it, you know. It was beautiful, you know. So all the kids... All the kids you had you had different moms. Yeah. And how many had, times uh, you married? Had, I had three different moms, you know. And married each time uh, or no? I was married twice. And I don't I don't have a good relationship with my first wife, but I have an excellent relationship with my second wife. Yeah. Yeah. Second so, time around is usually Yeah. Better because you get smarter. Mm-hmm. I had you know, I had a divorce too. Mm-hmm. Very painful. Three yes, kids, you know. Yes. Not well, expe- well to me, the, 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 the painful thing was the fact that it hurt the kids. Right. And uh, and uh, I For felt like I should have gotten control, not control, I should have gotten custody of my first two kids. I, I know I would have done a much better job, you know, but mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be. And I was going to fight it because, you know, why would, why would I ruin my life and their lives just, right. you know, here, fighting right. over, you know, my kids' custody right. and, and, you know, you know, turning them into who knows what, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you know. stayed close with all your kids? Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. awesome, man. Mm-hmm. I did too. Like, I think the key that I learned is if you make the effort and you have the intention behind it, then, mm-hmm. then the kids are okay. Mm-hmm. It's when a parent or the kids feel abandoned that makes it harder. Right, and I always put the kids first. I was yeah. never wondering, oh, you know, you know, you use me and blah, 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 blah. Right. So, you know what? I would say, let's, let's let's do what's best for the kids. So if you yeah. think it's best that they stay with you and you don't want to deal with me and blah, 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 that's fine, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes maturity to get to that point. Because, you know, right. I mean, you want what's best, especially if you want what's best for the kids. Yes. Yeah? And you see the you other parent sacrifice. might be manipulating them or playing games. I, I don't have time for that, you know. You know. That's amazing, man. Well, um, it was a... Uh, it was beautiful to see you with your family on Father's Day. That was amazing. And I didn't realize, honestly, until that day, like what a like culmination that was for like a lot of things that I guess have been evolving in your life. Like it was beautiful, you man. becoming the Dr. Chill you are today. Mm-hmm. Like the like fully embracing yourself, doing yeah, that- music doing music videos, art, like whatever, mm-hmm. like whatever right. your mind can create, you're like, fuck it, let's do it. Like, yeah, that Father's Day was really yeah. uh, a combination of what I would call the we movement, the we, because I really, I've always believed in we. People, you know, people know me, man, he'll share anything, man, he'll give a shirt off his back, man, he'll, he'll, he'll make you do well when he's not doing well. He's always about the we. 
you know, and I've always believed in caring and sharing. That's always my, my thing. If you can't care and share, you know, uh, what's the purpose of you being here, you know, Cause, right. because you're not alone, you know, you know, I mean, we're all part of the great family, man, you know, and if you see it that way, and and, and that even means people around you who, who are assholes, they just haven't learned the lesson yet, you know, and uh, you just got to be open to be able to say one day they'll see the lesson that you're trying to, you know, give. I mean, I don't hunt people down and go, I'm going to show you this lesson because I really believe that you teach by example. Right. You know, you don't brag about it, you just do it. And it works. Right. You know, I don't try to, uh, I don't try to, to make anybody a believer in anything. I just do what I feel is the right thing, you know? Yeah. Well, you the know? other thing I noticed, by the way, is like that you are a catalyst, like you've said, like for mm -hmm. so many young artists too. Right. And that's the other thing you do. Like you, it's like creating this network, yeah. lifting other people up. You know what I mean? Like you're you're doing what you want to do, but you're at the same time like lifting up other yeah, people. Yeah, you know I don't know what it is, but I know I've run a lot of people just just have just run me down. Man, I gotta work with you. I gotta work with you, and they turn out like man, they're really talented. I'm like, wow. I'm like, you know, and I'm I'm like, and I guess it's been the energy that I've always been about that has attracted people. But I wasn't I wasn't aware of my energy, and I wasn't aware of people. I've always told me, man, we love your voice. People told me all my life, man, man, we love your voice. She's so cool. I heard it all my life. I'm like, okay, what? And it dawned on me a few years ago when I did the trip album with my daughter, Janae mm -hmm. Aiko. She said, one of my uh, IG followers says, you know what? I love your voice. Why don't you make an album? Why not? She says, you, you know, she says, basically, um, you got something, man. I go, really? Now, people know me know I love to talk, but I'm not a fan of my voice. And because she said that, and I tell her to this day, I said, you know what? If you hadn't mentioned that you thought I had a cool voice and I should do this, I probably wouldn't have. I probably would. I might have made a record or two, but I wouldn't have put out an album. I wouldn't have really gotten into it the way I want to, you know. And, uh, you know, since then, I've put out three books and one one CD about maybe six or seven other songs. I'm working on working on an EP now, and I'm getting calls from everybody to be on, be on their album. You know, be on this, be on that, and you know, I've always had a hard time saying no to people. So I'm just embracing everything and everybody, man. I really am. It's just and so you know this this ride you've been on mm -hmm. that I'm seeing you on. How long is this? Like a couple years? Uh, These last couple years? More? It's been. Since 2018, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We're going to, might hear some barking for it's a okay. little bit. Cannoli. Hi, Cannoli. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's been. Uh, it's not your time. It's been beautiful. I mean, I can't believe, you know, uh, I can't believe what a beautiful ride has been, man. It's just like, it's just like, uh, you know, seems like three years ago, people just manifested in my life and wanted to just, I had a friend of mine that showed up at my Miyagi's annual birthday party, says, man, I got to know you. Uh, I want to introduce you to, you know, Jake's daddy, blah, 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 you know, and, and people just three years ago just coming to my life in droves, you know, let's do this, let's do that, you know. I said, but I don't know you, but they said, but they said, no, I know you don't know me, but 
your reputation from what we talk to other people, your reputation precedes you as a great or as a very good person, you know? I said, okay, you know, you know, and I have a hard time utilizing the word no anyway, you know, so I'm game. You know, if people want to do something, I'm open, you know? I stay very open. Wow, that was awesome. Dr. Chill, that was awesome, man. Sorry about the the rude interruption by Cannoli. Cannoli, very unprofessional of you. It's all good, though. You needed a break to get a snack. <clears throat> but yeah, man, like um, I was going to ask, I guess, before we jump into Co, just, I guess, what is the future hold, man? What do you, you want to do? Is there like a, I know you're kind of embracing the opportunities as they come, but is there something like something you got in your mind that you want to manifest? Dr. Chill. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I was telling you before we jump into co, I was asking you like, you know, is there something you want to manifest going forward? You know, cause we're, we're building this network of, you know, people you've been working with a lot of young artists yeah. you're you're collaborating with with you know co you're collaborating mm -hmm. with rhythm like right. is there something you're trying to manifest like yeah moving forward what i would like to manifest is a a building that would house you know artists of all kind of uh, persuasions singing dancing artwork um you know movie work so on and so forth um, and I would also, this is kind of weird. I would like to start a newer family, um, that would include the birth of another awesome, uh, human becoming human being. Uh, I feel like there's a soul who's really calling out that wants to manifest on this earth. And now I'm, I want to be the vehicle by which I want to be a co-creator again. And, uh, I really want to. Embrace you heard this it idea here first. <laughs> of the weakness. So you want to have a kid, another one. I want to have another wow. child. All right. One? One. Or more. And, or more, okay. And uh and I want to manifest this idea of we're all one, the universality, singing to the baby before it's born, talking to the baby before it's born, giving them ideas before the you know, before the baby's born, um, giving them a full dose of divinity, you know? Um you know, you know, for everything that I've learned and, and taught, uh, it's almost like it becoming full circle, you know. And I know there's a soul out there waiting, you know, to manifest. And uh, um, and I'm ready. Also, I have a, f a friend of mine who wants to build a, a physical structure called the Metaphysical Wonderland based on an album that I put out where there'll be uh, immense visuals and immense... Uh, auditory things going on it's like a like a Disneyland of music and uh and a a Disneyland of, of music and art why not that's dope sick knock him out the box Rick knock him out Rick knock him out the box